Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Ram Nintendo Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And today's episode is Virtuous Rewards. It's a bit of a play on words. Not even a play on words. It's just a mishmash of words based on one of the games that we're talking about today, which is uh, Zero Escape, Virtue's Last Reward yeah, for Not many things to work with. No, so we just went, we went with a theme instead. See, everything you could argue in this episode is rewards in some way. Nintendo announces bad financials of sorts. They reward everyone with more news. Uh, we have the reward of these good games, and going with this horrible theme, we have a reward for you, the listener. So stay tuned till the end when we're going to explain how you can win Record Ralph t-shirt. Yep. In celebration of the movie coming out. I thought anyone would actually argue it, but it's a good thing we just justified it right now, just in case. I know, yeah, because I can imagine so many people like writing in and being like, you liars, there's no rewards. Now, you, now there are physical rewards that you can have. Uh, but before we get started with what's up with Nintendo, really quick... Uh, Tailwind on the East Coast, who may have been affected by Sandy. Hope you're doing well out there, and yeah, hope you're doing well. Hope hope it didn't hit you too hard. Hope you have power. Obviously, if you're listening to us, you must have power back. But uh, hope that first week or first few days wasn't too hellish for you. Yeah, and with that, pictures were pretty gruesome. From yeah, the room. pictures. I was supposed to be in New York actually when this podcast goes live on the site, but we had to push back the trip due to the aftermath. So. Which means no Paper Mario launch event coverage at Nintendo World, like I said last episode. But that's a very minor nitpick in the grander scheme of things. But yeah, I hope everyone, everyone good out there. And let's try and... Stay positive? Stay positive with some Nintendo news, yeah. So, <laughs> so not for some bad news. <laughs> so now for the bad Nintendo news, to kick off our positive Nintendo news. Um, so Nintendo released, as promised, as I promised would happen last episode. And you know how they keep the promises. Well, I promised it. They didn't promise oh, it. Okay, I just said it's happening. Actually, so, they don't really keep all their promises. Yeah, Nintendo's really bad at keeping promises. All their game delays. The game, the video game industry is not good at keeping No, they're really not. They're really not. Anyway. They should stop. They should just not announce anything. Yeah, just, they should just release yeah, things just without re- announcing it. Actually, yeah. no, that'd be really annoying. It'd be really I, bad. I hate the fact that toys kind of do that and i'm like maybe in the big minority of things but as well a, the sega sega saturn did that I mean, and we all know how the sega, Sa- sega saturn turned out sega saturn just came out no 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 they yeah they announced it e3 be like it's out next week and everyone's like what so, <laughs> and then it bombed so there you go uh so anyway nintendo announced their uh second quarter financials for its fiscal year which covers the first half of their 2012 fiscal year that's um april through september and the reason we're usually we save Jason Sales Corner for the end, but pretty much you could argue that everything Nintendo announced over the past two weeks this year onslaught news is kind of like a let's bury our financials in some positive news. So I guess we should probably get the big news, which is Nintendo's financials out of the way, and then we can talk all the things they announced as a result of their financials. Yeah, I might as well get the numbers and figures out of the way. Yeah, so Nintendo saw a loss of twenty nine point nine billion yen in this half uh, half a year. This half of the fiscal year. That's $366 million. Whoa. So it's actually higher than Nintendo was hoping. They were aiming to have a $20 billion, not a $29.2 billion, uh, loss. But clearly it's a little higher than they thought. But the good news is they're still slowly cutting their deficit. If you recall, in the past, Nintendo's had some really bad quarters. For example, looking at the same period last year. Have they made any money in the past couple years? I feel like they've been at a loss like for no, not for a while. Yeah, not for a while. Like last year, I, mean, I know this... they were swimming in money because of the Wii and right and the DS. Yeah, but then things but... started going downhill and the Wii stopped. I guess selling. all that extra money is now padding them out. What's yeah, well, I mean, they're still like they're still. It's not horrible. Like they still have tons of extra yeah. money. But they last year at this time, like uh, April to September of 2011, they had a 57.3 billion yen or 718 million dollar loss. So they actually halved it. It's literally half of what it was last year so that's better it shows improvement 
And Nintendo's sa- their assets, like their total financial assets, are actually up 2.85% during this past fiscal six-month period. So things are turning around very slowly. They also announced a kind of neat milestone that they have sold since they started making video games. Four billion, with a B, video games. Hmm. That's a lot. First part, like, my bad. First party, right? I'm yeah, Nintendo has sold four billion pieces of software. That's kind of crazy. That's a lot, I guess. It is. I mean, it's like two-thirds of the Earth's population, practically. Oh. Right? Isn't the Earth at a little under seven billion now? I don't know. I haven't. I think it is. Or it's at seven billion. Last time I looked, it was six billion. So right, no, it hasn't been six billion for a while. So either it, um, either they're about half or about two thirds, depending on the latest numbers. But yeah, so um, that's the general Nintendo picture. So not great, but not horrible. They're making progress towards success again, but it's gonna take them a while, and they realize that. Um, The good news is on the hardware side, the 3DS is actually doing pretty decently. Sales are up sixty four point eight percent in this six month period. That was, that means that five point six five point oh six excuse me million units were sold. Two point one of those, two point one million of those, not just two, two point one million of those were of the XL. Uh, that means that to date, the 3DS has seen twenty two point one nine million hardware units sold and sixty four point four five software. That sixty four point four five is interesting because uh, apparently sixty four point four five million. Apparently, that's higher than where the DS was at in terms of software sales at its point. In life, like so at this time, it's doing better, it's but they're still not doing well. It's do it's doing better, yeah, but it's not as great as it could be. It's actually interesting because um, in Europe and Japan, specifically Japan, the 3ds is doing great. But Nintendo has said so they're that they're getting awesome color things. Well, they're getting all the awesome stuff like the colors and the and the games and whatnot. Oh, and like they just got they're getting Dragon Quest Seven as a remake. Aren't they also getting like three new Mario things? Or am I messing that up? No, that's China. Oh, China. The ones that are just announced, yeah. That one was for China, one was for Europe, and one was for... Nope, China. they're all China. Those are cool. Yeah. China? What? China. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. But um, what I was going to say is the 3DS has what they're calling not satisfactory sales here in the U.S. and the Americas. Even though it is outpacing last year's sales. So, Nintendo pointed out that um, in the U.S. is actually the only region... We were talking about this last episode, like, how's the XL doing? They're not releasing specific numbers. Specific numbers. The U.S. is actually the only region in which the XL's launch didn't result in higher sales than the price drop did in the same time period a year ago. The price drop spurred sales more than the XL. But it still spurred them a little, right? Yeah, it helped, definitely. I mean, Nintendo's saying sales are up overall, but the XL didn't do gangbusters here in the States. Mm, maybe I should buy one after all. I wonder. I wonder if it's because the... I wonder if it's because the... Uh, <laughs> I will single-handedly... You will single-handedly save Nintendo. Yep. I, want, I, I do wonder, though, if it's because... If or just give them the money directly. Or just, just just wire them I'll, the money. Yeah, Don't I'll even just, get a system. Just wire them no, the money. No, I'll write them an envelope. I'll put the cash in an envelope. Oh, that's send smart. Send it to Redmond, Washington. Yeah. Don't send it to Nintendo. Just send it to the city of Redmond and have them <laughs> sort it, it there for I'll you. I'll just have them assume it's for Nintendo. I'll draw, like, a Mario on it. Draw Mario's face, yeah. But, um... What I was going to say is... It's, <laughs> or just two Reggie. See if they figure it out. <laughs> it's interesting because, um... It is $20 more, right? $30 more the XL than the DS was after the, the 3DS original was after the price drop so I wonder if that $30 discrepancy had something to do with it not selling as strongly but um, Kotaku actually brought up a good point they're looking at all the numbers and part of the reason the 3DS might be doing weaker here in the states is that the DS is still doing really well here in the states I mean Pokemon Black and White 2 which we talked about a lot last episode that is a DS game that literally just came out this, this past month for... is the DS not doing so well in other well I'll put it this way 
in Japan, 3DS sales were during this past quarter two million ninety thousand, and in the and 3DS or and Japanese DS sales, those were 3DS sales, and DS uh, sales in Japan were ten thousand, only ten thousand. Hmm. In the states, the 3DS is sitting at one point three nine uh, million here in the U.S. during the last six months. But the DS in the U.S. is at seven hundred ninety thousand. Whoa, that's way more than ten thousand. So that might be part of the reason. Pokemon between Pokemon Conquest and Black it's Mark not even II. just Pokemon. It's Nintendo has a ninety nine dollar handheld that most parents think is just as good as the two hundred dollar X. Well, not the XL, but the one seventy three DS or the two hundred XL. They got a Yankel thing for the holidays. So they the do. Only option is the three DS. They do. Yeah. The problem is they're like they're letting it die too slowly. In Japan, they just kind of cut it off, and it worked. Here, it's you know, it's kind of flopping around, like floundering around while they figure out what to do. I mean, they're still, Nintendo's still happy. It's still making money. But if they want to push the 3DS forward, in my opinion, they really need to just stop supporting the DS altogether. And I think Pokemon Black and White 2 is the last game that is coming to DS. So they are aware of that. Like I guess they know it's like their PS2, so... It is and it isn't. The PS2 still... Actually, that's true. The PS2 is outside of PS3 at some points, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I guess it is like their PS2. Especially um, in the beginning when the PS3 had nothing. Especially in sales numbers, actually. Did you know that the DS, the DS actually saw um, 970,000 units sold in the past six months? Which is a drop of 62.4% compared to in the past, but that's still a lot. And you can see the vast majority of that's America. America. Yeah. But, um, but you're saying the DS is like the PS2? kind of is, because the hardware totals for the DS, they sold... 152.5 million DS pieces of hardware. Whoa. 150 million. That's insane. Even more insane? Guess they have... Well, you have the numbers in front of you, so I can't say guess, but... Uh, hey, Jose, why don't you guess how many pieces of software they've sold? 917.16 million. Yeah. Do you realize that's almost a billion in just DS software alone? Now, keep in mind, this isn't just Nintendo games, as far as I know. This is software for the system, for my company. Yeah. But still, 9... It's almost a billion in DS software. That's nuts. Well, I mean, you got four, two generations of Pokemon, a remake. You got Mario, you got Brain Age, you got all the casual stuff. It makes sense if you think and about it. you got it. Rhythm Heaven, but that didn't That's really it. Yeah, so. the, the stuff probably like the <laughs> In point. Japan, actually in Japan, it's huge. In the States, not so much. I know, they have even with a Beyonce, thing. Even with a Beyonce commercial, it didn't sell in the US. I know, even, yeah. Even, even with, with Beyonce. Beyonce yeah. Even with Beyonce. I thought that would have made it like... Yeah, well, crazy, like, I don't... Like, I don't know. It is lined up around the corner. And... Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> but um, while we're on hardware, switching from handheld to console, uh, the Wii saw a drop that's very similar to the DS hardware sales drop. Those sales for the Wii fell by sixty point six percent, resulting in one point three two million units sold, which puts the Wii at a grand total of ninety seven point one eight million pieces of hardware out there, and eight hundred forty two point two million pieces of software out there. Interesting that the Wii's coming very close to 100 million. I'm pretty sure it's going to pass 100 million hardware sold uh, by the end of the year. By so, this weekend? No, no, no. By the end of the year. They're releasing a whole bunch of new bundles, which we'll get to later. Uh, but yeah. Hopefully so. it doesn't take away from the Wii U. I think they're different markets. Well, I think, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, we'll talk about... Well, I mean, at this point, for launch consoles, usually everyone that already knows that they're going to get one, they're going to get one. Right. Everyone that knows is going to get one is going to get one. Yeah, it's I don't kind really of, see that many wandering parents just grabbing one out of instinct. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it. Um, when we talk a little bit later, after I finish dumping all these numbers on people, I do mention, I do. Um, we, 
what am I trying to say here? We are going to discuss um, what how Nintendo's addressing these things in various ways, such as the giant news overload or other things, including new Wii bundles. So when we get to that, we can. I think Nintendo actually has a pretty specific strategy of how they're, why they're, you know, how they're going to keep selling the Wii and the Wii U side by side. And Pretty speaking of Wii U, uh, you know, it's obviously not out, so Nintendo doesn't have hardware numbers, but they do have expectations. They're thinking that between now and March 31st, they're going to sell 5.5 million Wii U consoles, that's both basic and deluxe, and 22 million pieces of software. Which is kind of crazy, because that implies that uh, they're selling about 4 games per system. Which is a lot. Like, how many games are you getting with your Wii U? Including Nintendo Land, because Nintendo will count that. Mm, like, two? Three? I mean, I was, well, first I was thinking none, but as of, like, literally yesterday, the day before we recorded this, um, I'm not considering getting Mario U and Zombie U. Okay, so three. Oh, if you had to, or, or you're counting Nintendo Land? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Nintendo I, will, I, in terms I, of software. I guess, I guess three. Then. So let's say three. Yeah, and I'll probably get three or four. But we're the hardcore fans, and we're barely meeting Nintendo's expectation of four per person, roughly. So it's kind of crazy that they really think... Because we're not made out of money. Well, no, but it's just, it's just insane that I mean, Nintendo thinks I mean, they're going to sell four. If, if it's Although, like four per person, that's $200. But, just but, but it's between now and March. Oh, between now and March. Which, it just occurred to me, isn't quite as crazy. Okay, that is not crazy at all. No, not at all. Not Actually, that's no, relatively that, that, reasonable. That, yeah, yeah. We, we might have more. Yeah, I will, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, look at you. No, I'm just saying, like, I have a oh, habit yeah, yeah. of buying games. Uh, and not playing them. Yeah, I know. But yeah, uh, just to give you an idea of what these expectations are like compared to the Wii. In, in the Wii's entire first year on the market, they sold 5.84 million hardware and 28.84 million software. So they're actually expecting the Wii U in about half the time frame to do uh, just about the same. A little less in terms of software, but about the same hardware. So they have really high hopes, basically. So it sounds like... It's no Wii. Well, I guess it kind of is. It's the Wii U. I mean, Nintendo does have one thing working on their side, and that's that um, they made a note of this to their fin- uh, to, in their financial briefings, that um, pre-orders here in the States are going super well. As we all know, pre-orders are sold out everywhere. I know, it's crazy. They dropped, they dropped the number that I thought was kind of crazy, that GameStop... You know, their out pre-orders are doing this wait list now where you can get your name on a list that is then... Basically, it's like a list to get a pre-order. It's not even a pre-order. Or a list to get a system. And they have over a quarter of a million names on that list already. Nationwide. So, Nintendo might be onto something. But, um... I don't know. The thing is, I think part of the reason they want them so high in terms of the sales is because the Wii U is actually being sold at a loss until at least next fiscal year. Which means at least after April. Of 2013. So oh, wow. they want to sell as many as they can because if they're selling them at a loss, they want people to snatch up the systems, go buy more games because the games... It's like selling... What's the expression where it's like you don't make money off the knives, you make money off the blades or whatever? Like, no. you sell not. There's this thing where it's knives like... Knives and blades? Yeah, like, you, it's about... You sell the... You give away the knives and they charge for the blades or you sell the knives dirt cheap and they charge for the blades. It's kind of the same idea. Like, you can... They're selling the Wii U at a loss but they expect to make it up in terms of, like... Uh, making the Wii U as a whole profitable by having game sales be strong. Oh. That's why they're willing to sell it at a loss, because their logic is, well, the more people have a Wii U, the more people that go buy games, the more money we make off the games, and that'll compensate the loss on the Wii U. No. So sometime next year, they're expecting to be profitable with the Wii U division, for sure, and sometime after the fiscal year, so after April, I think, is when they're expecting the Wii U itself, the hardware, to become profitable, where the component, we're building its costs less than selling it. Yes. Yeah. I got you. Yep. That works. So, yeah, the Kai is Nintendo is very conservative normally. The 3DS, when they did the price drop, was the first time they sold hardware at a loss ever. 
ever. GameCube, they made a profit. We obviously they made a profit, even with all that motion tech. Uh, all of them they made a profit. So it's 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 weird to see Nintendo do this, but the 3DS is now profitable. I imagine they basically are trying to. Mimic I mean, it's that not like it's just Wii. Nintendo. I mean, Wii the economy in general. Yeah, I mean, that is true. That is true. I don't know anyone that's really selling like. Well, Nintendo did okay until the 3DS, but the economy yeah. was better then. So. I mean, at least they didn't go out of business, so... Well, they're, well, they're think, not going anywhere. I don't think it was possible for them to no, go No, they're way too big, at least at this stage. But, um, so to counter this really mixed news about their financials, Nintendo went kind of crazy with new announcements to counterbalance. They had a... I, uh, the president of Nintendo's tour, Iwata, did his usual uh, financial briefing with investors afterwards. There's a Q&A, and he announced some interesting things throughout. So there's that. Nintendo did a Nintendo Direct here in North America. They issued press releases. They had new game hands-on. Like, they just went crazy in the last week or so, probably to try and cover up the financials a bit. And probably because the Wii U is literally three weeks away now. Three so, weeks. So between the two. So um, the amount of news there is is actually kind of ridiculously big. So... This will definitely make up for the uh, last podcast, which was only an hour. We're going to be back on the longer end this time. So, um, oh, goody. I think the easiest... Yeah, don't sound too excited. I think the easiest way to break down the news is probably go by system. Because Nintendo did, definitely did certain things for certain systems. Like, they're like, here's the Wii U news dump, which is what happened this week. And then the 3DS news dump was last week. So I guess the easiest thing would be just going system by system. Let's start with Wii U. Yeah, that sounds good. So um, Nintendo announced the final details on Nintendo Land... And New Super Mario Bros. U. So with Nintendo Land, we now know the last three attractions, bringing total. Finally, I know, right? And I, and there's definitely a reason why Nintendo didn't just outright say them because <laughs> they weren't the most. Exciting. They're not very exciting at all. I mean, they look fun, no doubt. They but... look fun, but they're like more we play mini game than full on. Yeah, game compared modes. to like the other ones, the other ones just seem like more thought out and fleshed out and like deeper yeah. and funner. And yeah, better. yeah, these are definitely the more like. We play style, like they just throw a bunch of mini games in a box and call it a day yeah. situation. So the first one is Yoshi's Fruit Cart. And I honestly thought originally, I think we talked about this on the podcast, they'd be kind of like those old Yoshi puzzle games they had on the NES. Oh, yeah. But nope, well, kind of. I mean, it involves puzzles and it involves fruit and it involves Yoshi. So I was half right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, how it works is um, you have a map on the screen of the touchpad and the TV. On the touchpad, or gamepad, sorry. On the gamepad, you can see the fruit, but you can't see the um, you can't see the path you're drawing. On the TV, or maybe I got this backwards. Well, Sorry, yeah, I got it backwards. backwards. I got it backwards. Sorry. On the TV, you can. What you want to do? Let's back it up. What you want to do is you want to get Yoshi to the goal by collecting all the fruit on a map and opening a door by drawing a line from fruit to fruit to the door. And he's in a little cart, and he just kind of, or well, it's a Yoshi mobile of sorts. You're your little me, and he goes around and makes Yoshi sounds and collects fruit. So it's like you look top down on the level. It's a 2D plane. And, um, yeah, so on the TV, (laughs) (laughs) it's hard to explain without like a visual aid. So on the TV, you have the fruit and you have Yoshi and you have the door on the touchpad gamepad on the touchscreen of the gamepad. You draw the route Yoshi has to take, but you don't have any indicators of the fruit. So you have to keep, looking at the TV and getting in the gamepad and you have to figure out where the fruit is and where to draw based on looking at the both, both of the screens. And then there's something like 50 levels of this where you go through and it gets, you know, it gets exponentially harder as you go. It's funny because, like, yes, it, it sounds like the using most, both. But, but it's the most gimmicky way But it's, possible. like, unnecessarily difficult. Yep. It's, like, a game that could have just been only on the touchscreen, but it's like, eh, let's just make it. But then it's, but if it's only on the touchscreen, it's not even a game. It's just drawing lines to connect fruit. 
the puzzle part. It would just come into just timing because I'm sure there's enemies and stuff that just move around in a set path. So you kind of time when you let well, go. Well, I don't know. I don't even know if there's enemies. Have, have you seen footage of enemies? I don't I'm assuming there is. I don't be. know. I think the trick it's is... There's obstacles. Well, there's obstacles. I don't have to actually enemies. Yeah, avoid obstacles along the way is what Nintendo says. But yeah, it's totally one of those things that like... It do, it's true. It does only work with the with the asymmetric gameplay of the Wii U and the and the touch or well asymmetric doesn't work because it's a single player game, but it does work with the you know the two screen experience and it's a, and all that. But it's not like it's that mind blowing of a way of using it. It's just like hey, we showed you half a level on one thing and half a level on the other thing, and you have to combine them in your head. So there's that. Is it a good idea? It actually could um, be fun. It could be not, fun. It sounds like we're, I don't know. Here's the thing. It could be really fun, Someone's but on come paper, up with something really awesome like that. It, it sounds really cool on, in, it sounds like it could be really cool to play, but on paper it sounds kind of just like gimmicky, yeah. in my opinion. No, so, honestly, it looks a little more interesting than um, Donkey Kong's Crash Course. Yeah, well, we played that one. Yeah. Twice. Once. I'm surprised they didn't, once. um flip-flop it like kind of show off this one first and then donkey kong crash yeah that's course true because yeah donkey kong crash course it's literally the only difference is you see less on the gamepad but yeah, more it, detail i mean at least, you this, have one, a map I mean, on at least this one for i mean this one of a purpose as it yeah. is it's still serving it has a purpose right the other one is just to sh- i don't know if other people aren't bored i guess yeah yeah Yoshi, I feel so it's like not as awkward if you're just playing a one yeah. game. yeah with yoshi's fruit car it's definitely using the two screen experience as the crutch of the gameplay yeah but i guess it's not as exciting to watch no it's not no. based on the videos I saw. Um, so second game, good news everyone, F Zero is back. Bad news everyone, barely. So the new one. I is, the video looks. It looks okay. It, no, it looks fun, but it's not F Zero. So it's Captain Falcon's Twister. None of the attractions are the right. Thing. Yeah, Captain Falcon's Twister race. It's single player only. It's a single player attraction, as Nintendo puts it. And how it works is uh, on the gamepad, you hold it vertically, so you hold it portrait mode, and you're using that to steer. And on the gamepad, you see a top-down view of the track, and you could turn by twisting, you know, by like twisting and turning the gamepad. So pad. it's like um, Game and Wario the the skiing. DJ, yeah, it's the skiing. So it's just like that. I think so. Because that's what how it was, except I think that one was sideways. Yeah, no, this one's vertical, and it's kind of like yeah, you move it like a steer, like a weird vertical steering wheel. And uh, you try, you're trying to go from checkpoint to checkpoint before time runs out. You're me in a wind-up cat in a wind-up blue Falcon car, and you're uh, as you go. You have to avoid obstacles. There's going to be cars in the road. There's going to be other, you know, uh, whirlwinds and spikes and bombs, according to Nintendo. And there are going to be dash plates, just like in normal F-Zero, where you get a quick burst of speed. But all of that, there's no other racers. You're just going from checkpoint to checkpoint as fast as you can, or before time runs out. And how it works, the one way it uses... So really, you just need to look at the gamepad to see where you're going top-down. But if you look at the TV screen, obviously, you have the full 3D F-Zero style experience. Um, the one place where the gamepad is, it's, it has to be used is when you go in a tunnel, uh, you don't see the tunnel on both screens, obviously, because one's a top-down view. You know, you can't see you on both screens if one's a top-down view and one's behind the car. So then you rely on one screen. So there are going to be some obstacles that only rely on one screen uh, or the other. That sounds kind of fun. So you have to kind of look back and forth. So it's, it's not a mind-blowing way of using it, but it does seem fun, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um... Keeps, like, I don't know, it's just, it just adds another thing to keep track of. Yeah. I mean, before it was just like, oh, just looking at obstacles. Now I have to look back and forth. Yeah. It's a minor thing, but I think it's kind of cool. No, yeah. I, I actually like that better than the Yoshi Fruit Cart idea. Because yeah. honestly, I, I know we already talked about it, but honestly with Yoshi Fruit Cart, it feels like they just took a gameplay concept and literally spliced it down the middle between two screens. But this one feels more like, it's less like 
using the gamepad as a crutch, but it's more just like logical, like more I don't know, more fun sounding, I guess. Yeah. Watch, I'm gonna love you. When Nintendo Land comes out in three weeks, I'm gonna be like, oh my god, Yoshi's Fruit Cards, like the best thing ever. Just watch. But right now, it's yeah, the other kinda... one will be too intense for you. Your little heart won't be able to take it. No, I'll be fine, thank you. So the third, <laughs> the third Nintendo Land attraction is Octopus Dance, which is based on Game and Watch. So yay for rhythm game, I guess. Yeah, it's a ri- it's a straight up rhythm game. It's um straight up, straight up, straight up rhythm. It's a right. <laughs> single player attraction, and you use the gamepad to mirror dance moves performed by a deep sea dance instructor. That's how Nintendo describes it. So basically, what you want to do, big, he's a skinny big daddy, basically. Basically, he's the underwater game and watch guy with the, like the with the like grill on his face yeah. from uh, octopus old, from octopus, yeah. Hence octopus dance. Yeah, yeah. So um, octopus he's gonna be moving. Like Octopi. I'm sorry, I said octopuses. You you don't know grammar. I know, and I just corrected. You know no grammar. And I just corrected a whole essay from a little kid who wrote octopuses like twenty. Times. That's why you slipped up because you just saw it so many times. Yeah, and yeah. I had to correct octopi, sir. Octopi, <laughs> oh. octopi, good sir. But, um, so how it works is they're easily mirroring dance moves in that, uh, you know, he, the octopus man goes left, right, up, down, and you use the sticks to mimic his moves. And, um, the the big twist, the big twist, here comes the big twist. Sometimes the instructions are on the TV and sometimes they're on the gamepad. But Why? Because they have two screens and they have to use them. <laughs> this this one right here is the exact reason why Nintendo held off on announcing the last three till now. Because that's like the most... Look, it's like you're switching chat. It's You're moving your head back and forth. You're bobbing your head to the music. That's how Nintendo will spin it. <laughs> you're moving your head up and down to the beat from one screen to the next. Yeah, but you don't even really move the system very much from my understanding. You literally are just moving the sticks. The sticks represent the hands and yeah. not, or the arms. So you're moving the left and right stick. You don't have to tilt the gamepad in any way? I don't think so. Uh, Nintendo uh, Nintendo doesn't say so. I mean, I saw a video, but I saw someone tilting it, but I don't know if it actually did anything. Oh, okay. I was slightly wrong. The the, the view doesn't exactly switch. It does switch between the two, but you can still view it on either one, but there'll be obstacles and whatnot that block the screen. So you have to look at it. The image is mirrored, but sometimes a squid or something, let's say, will float across on one screen, so you have to look at the other screen. So yeah, you're still moving back and forth between the two in a gimmicky way. Uh, I'll put it this way. I sound really like down and out on these three. The ones we have played, Metroid Blast, uh, the Zelda Ma- the Zelda Battle Quest, Mario Chase, Animal Crossing Sweet Spot, Luigi's Ghost Mansion, all those that we've played without maybe Donkey Kong Crash Course. And even, even the Ninja Castle one. All those are really fun and do have a lot of depth. It's just these three, you could definitely tell Nintendo saved them for the end for a reason. They didn't have a press event to show them. They just kind of invited a few press to their office. Yeah. You could definitely tell it was... These are lower key games. Yeah, even I mean, besides the observer one, they don't even look that intense. I mean, yeah, I mean, like yeah. Mario Chase Me, that was like a simple concept too. But I mean, those, it's really fun. Yeah, they're they still look con- really cool. It's, yeah, that's I what mean, I'm saying. I mean, these are like the, the these are like the these are the not as great ones. Yeah. They're still gonna be fun, I'm sure, but they're not as great. Oh, one interesting thing about Nintendo Land, it all the multiplayer attractions, mini games, attractions scale depending on how many players you have. If it's one player, you have bots, or and the levels are smaller. If it's two players in Animal Crossing Sweet Spot, for example, or Sweet, whatever it's called, if it's two players, uh-huh. you're not stealing candy from each other. You're collecting candy and putting them in giant receptacle bins. Like, the games scale appropriately to how many players there are, and the gameplay changes uh-huh. sometimes. Like, Mario Chase, they have three main stages, but they will literally be laid out differently and of different sizes, depending on how many people. 
So that's kind of neat. I didn't. Yep. Good thing they thought of that because there would definitely be a thought like, oh, this. this yeah, there'd definitely so be like, this level's so huge, I can't find. It's like Call of Duty where it's like you have to play the small maps if you're only two people versus like if there's twenty, you obviously prefer a bigger map. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's Nintendo Land. Nintendo also talked Mario. New Super Mario Bros. U. We have more info on the various game modes that will be available. Uh, so they're doing what they're calling challenge modes. And we've, they've kind of touched on this before, but they've elaborated now. So challenge modes are going to be special, harder, obstacle-based things that they have players do. Uh, they're split into four different single-player categories. Yes, these are only single-player. And that's time attack. Well, sorry. Four single-player and one two-player. So the single players are time attacks, which obviously get through levels as quickly as you can. Coin collection, collect the most coins, I'd imagine. Uh, one-up rallies, and special. So one-up rally, I think it's self-explanatory, collect the most one-ups. Special, they're saying, is all the other stuff. Like, if it's not coin-based, if it's not one-up-based, if it's not um, if it's not time-based. Like, the ones where you have to stay in the air the longest, or uh, you have to... They've talked about these yeah, before no, a little. Yeah, and I remember, yeah, just jump on, like, ten enemies yeah. in a row, blah, blah, blah. Don't right. touch the ground. Exactly. And they also have the boost mode challenge. Boost mode is now not a separate thing. It's within the challenge mode. So boost mode challenges are for two players. One's on the gamepad, one's on the controller. And you work together or against each other. Well, you have to complete a challenge using you know boost blocks by tapping them on the gamepad and making them appear. And you can have replays of those challenges, both the single player and the boost mode two player ones that you can then use to sh- either show off your accomplishments or study how to do it better. So basically it's the coin rush mode of Mario 2 fleshed out to be more than just coins. And with replays. Can you up uh, can you like save these videos in any way? I would imagine I have no idea. Nintendo didn't say I imagine if you could Nintendo would say so. Because that'd be a selling point. Yeah, I mean but, for a capture card. But you might not need to because it might it might not show the video, but it'll definitely show you achieved it through Meverse. Because Nintendo has said that Meverse will show your level completions, your achievements, things like that, your messages. So these are probably the achievements they're referring to. Or accomplishments, or whatever Nintendo wants to call them. Yeah. So, that's kind of cool. It actually has a lot more, not a lot more depth per se to Mario, but just a lot more to do. Like, because Coin Rush is really cool. I mean, we've talked about it in multiple episodes. Coin Rush is really cool in Mario 2 on the 3DS, because it makes Mario, it like changes the dynamic just enough to keep things interesting. Yeah, but, I mean, like, but besides that, I mean, there's like, oh, I mean, nothing that's bad, but yeah, the previous Mario you new Mario games didn't really have anything to do after you beat the campaign. Yeah, now you have stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It extends it makes it more of a value. Especially yeah. if they're charging sixty. Even even doing it. all the secret levels still isn't that much gameplay. You can still kill it like in under three right. hours. But all these should hopefully extend that. And I Nintendo hasn't said but it'd be cool, hypothetically, if they then started rolling out more challenge not even challenge modes, but just more levels for the challenges through DLC or something. But they haven't said they're doing that. I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying it'd be really cool if they did. Yeah, I mean... Mario 2 style. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they've been doing well, that they for, like, that. Mario Kart and... Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, those, those they haven't announced anything. Challenges. By now, for those games, we knew that they were going to do stuff after I mean, release. Yeah, but I mean, those are really cool. I mean, I didn't even realize some of them, like, when they first came out, I didn't know they were actually going to alter some of the stages. Right, yeah. Like, I thought that was really something. Like, oh, run away from this giant... Mm-hmm. Chomp, yeah, they did a lot of altering for like Mario Kart Wii. Yeah, so it was like it was literally DLC. Like, yeah, not really. Yeah, and they did a new one what once a week for a while. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they haven't said if they're gonna do that for this, but it'd be super cool if they did. Um, another thing they announced is coin battles back. I think they've had it in other Mario games, but now it supports up to five players. So you want to see who gets the most coins. One player's on the game pad. Other players are using Wii remotes since obviously the game always supports one game pad. Just like new Super Mario Brothers Wii. Mm-hmm. Exactly, but. 
the person on the gamepad isn't exactly collecting those coins. They're either helping or hindering other players from getting the coins, and they're setting up uh, the coin layout in mm-hmm. the courses. Hmm. Whoever has the gamepad is literally like, it's like in like, I'm trying to think of good, they're like the dungeon master if it's like an old tabletop game. Like they're the ones saying everything up and they're the one that gets to basically help pick who succeeds and who doesn't by how they drop their uh, blocks. Hmm. And, uh, and um, yeah, that's about it. That's it for uh, Coin Bell. And they also, Nintendo's re-emphasizing, I'm just going through their press release essentially. Nintendo's re-emphasizing the world map is back. First time since uh, Super Mario World. I think I said back when they announced Mario U that'd be awesome if this became like the new Super Mario Bro- the new Super Mario World of the Mar- new Mario game franchise. So I'm very happy this turned out that to be the case. And they are promising that the map, which is one continuous map, is going to have secret exits and shortcuts and all sorts of other interconnected secrets like in Mario World. So I'm psyched. Because yeah, like, Mario World is my all-time favorite game, so it's I'm because like, all Mar- like oh, I mean everything before Mario World. <laughs> County Mario World, like every, uh, I mean, with the exception of New Super, no, not New Super, the last level, New, yeah. the real Super Mario Bros. too. Like yeah. every single Mario Planet was like, completely different from each other, and all these last four have been like almost identical in like mechanics yeah. and gameplay. So it's so, nice that they're finally mixing so, it up. Yeah. Oh, well, and by mixing it up, it's going back to well, mixing up the, the mixing up this exact formula. Yeah. yeah. There's also one other way they're mixing it up. Actually, is this new guy called Nabbit. Get it? Get it? Because you have to nab him. Well, you'll explain. I just realized how clever this name is. He's a rabbit named Nabbit. I think he's a rabbit. He's some guy. Oh, I see those rabbits you always chase, like in Galaxy. No, 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 no. He's Galaxy and sixty four. No, he's like a guy with a mask that maybe a rabbit underneath because the name is Nabbit, which sounds like rabbit, but it sounds like you have to nab the rabbit. Nabbit. Anyway, how this works is you'll see him on the map from time to time, and if you enter a course that he's on, you basically have to chase him through the course it's like doing a speed run following a ghost almost but when you grab like a ghost of you know a player but when you grab him he'll hand you items and the items he hands you are the uh p acorn the p block is back no it's the p wing i mean p wing sorry i meant the p wing the The p wing is i don't know i meant p wing the p wing is back and which lets you fly continuously but now it's the p acorn because it's squirrel mario not any other sort of flying mario yeah but it's back is what's cool, and there's you know it's an op- it's almost like one of the challenge modes, but within the normal game. Kinda so it's cool. kind of neat. It's kind of like in Mario Bros. U, where you would have to sometimes do escort missions with the Toads. Did you say Mario Bros. U? New, yeah, Mario Bros. We. <laughs> there you go. The Mario Bros. U is what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Too many. They need to change these names. They need to get creative. <laughs> Let's call it Mario We. Mario We and Mario We U and Mario U. New Mario We because there's also Mario Galaxy. And yep. Blah blah. blah. Yep, and one other game Nintendo is bringing to the Wii U on launch day is, um, well, two other games. They're bringing uh, Sing, but they didn't talk about Sing, but they did talk about Ninja Gaiden 3, Razor's Edge. Ninja Gaiden? Ninja Gaiden 3, Ninja Gaiden 3, I don't know. Razor's Edge. Huh. It's it's not quite... Let's a... see how my computer pronounces it, and that will be the correct pronunciation. Just don't no. turn off our podcast recording. It won't. You sure? Can, can we even hear it? Gaiden, okay, you're huh. right. Interesting. Can we do a whole podcast with that voice? I can you just type. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, it has to be typed already, and then I highlight it and it just says it. Wow. Well, like I, I could have him read. We can pretend there's a third person on our podcast and just give it a script and have it say random things. So, what game are you looking most forward to? Um, Bob. Bob mm-hmm. Computer. Oh, oh, Mac. His name's Mac. Duh. Yeah. What game are you looking for most forward to, Mac? Oh, you can't. Three. Ninja Gaiden. Three. Razor's Edge. 
Well, you know, it's funny, Mac, because that's what we're talking about. What a coinkydink. Huh. Oh. All right. So, so here's the Gaiden. Gaiden. Oh, it's Gaiden. Right. oh, yeah. Thanks so here's that. the thing. Uh, the game's already been out, but Razor's Edge, as is well known, is a basically what it should have been, what the PS3 and 360 version should have been. Nintendo actually lent developer talent to uh, Tecmo Koei and Team Ninja to make it better. So what the Wii U version will have, and it's just a quick rundown. There's a second fully playable character. There's um. She'll have her own set of skills, and uh, there are other hidden characters that you'll get as you progress through the game, but she's the only one confirmed oh, thus far. Oh, Ayane. Yeah. From Dead or Alive. Yeah, from Dead or Alive. Yeah. The main character. Well, they, they all cross over. Yeah. Ryu's in Dead or Alive. Or, oh, yeah. or Ryu, whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> oh, what is it? I think it's... Why don't we ask, why don't we ask Mac? Yeah, let's ask Mac. All right. Yeah, well, is, is, is it Ryu or Ryu? Oh, all right, well... So, is, Mac, is it is, Ryu? Is, is Ryu from Street Fighter and Ryu from Street Fighter spelled the same? Mm, well, anyway, yeah. all right. All right, what is it, it Mac? Ryu or Ryu? I hope the mic is... Ryu. It's Ryu. Oh, okay. Right. Thanks, Mac. Anyway. So helpful. <laughs> I wonder if the mic is picking that. I imagine it is. Uh, well, we'll find out. We'll find out. He said Ryu. He- <laughs> <laughs> Ryu is what the computer told us. Anyway, so uh, Ayane is now, right? Ayane? Ayane. Ayane. Whatever. Is now a playable Definitely character. Ayane. We don't need that. Sure. Uh, there's a new character progression system. There's going to be special battle areas you can find in each level or each world called a the Test of Valor rooms, and it's basically you fight wave after wave of enemies, such as Total Carnage. They're, gonna, they're ramping up difficulty, so enemies can now like fight back even after they're injured. And there's full online co-op with both Ryu and... Ayane. Yeah. Huh. So it sounds like they're making a lot of changes, not just to the, um, you know, not just tweaks like new characters, but they're increasing difficulty. They're adding that character progression system. They're, you know, they're really throwing in some extra stuff. So it, it's... It'll be interesting to see how it does in terms of reviews yeah. and in I terms mean, of considering sales. the... I mean, we'll call it um, Ninja Gaiden 3 Vanilla Edition. Um, <laughs> Ninja Gaiden 3 Original. Well, yeah, that's what you always call the original. I know, I know. Yeah. Ninja Gaiden 3 Plain. Yeah, Vanilla. I know, I know. Well, anyway. I'm just thinking of different names for Vanilla Yogurt. Because it's oh. like Plain, Original, Vanilla. Vanilla Edition, yeah. Yeah. We'll call it um, Neapolitan. Yeah, but no, that's all no, three. No, that's more. Yeah, that's not more. Yeah. No, that's more, not less. Yeah. But anyway, anyway right. the original. Yeah, the original was the original. Didn't third. Get, yeah, didn't get um, a lot of good reception. No, which is why I think Nintendo's really like, hey guys, we really want you to bring this game to Wii. We'll help you out and we'll yeah, publish I, it. I mean, all this extra stuff should only help it. I mean, yeah, it can't hurt. If it. you got a seven, it will get like a seven point five now. <laughs> yeah, and hey, and what's most interesting to me is this is the first. No time reason it should score any lower. It, yeah. it can't score lower. The interesting thing to me is this is the first time Nintendo's, as far as I'm aware, Nintendo has launched an, a system with a self-published M-rated game. Hmm. So, just yeah. just throwing that out there, it's kind of interesting. Should have been. Uh, They've published Ninja Gaiden games before. Um, Could have been on Game Boy Darkness too. What? Should have been Eternal Darkness. It could have been if Silicon Knights wasn't was more than five developers. And did you see that article on no, Kotaku? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was more if they were more than five developers and if they knew how to develop a game again, yeah. then it could have happened. But honestly, I don't even know if Nintendo wants to work with them anymore, and I don't blame them. Mm. The company's falling apart. Yeah. But um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, they've published other Ninja Gaiden games in the past. I think they published one on Game Boy Advance, Into Darkness, or something like that. And they published one on the DS. Oh, it's the Dragon DS Sword or something. No, no, no. They didn't publish that. That was oh no that was Tenchu they published, sorry I got you're that right, backwards it was right. Tenchu which is awesome, which is Koei I think, right something and now yeah well they like their ninja games is the point yeah <laughs> um outside of Nintendo they're actually well Nintendo slipped up so in their financial report they listed Need for Speed Most Wanted is coming to Wii U in Europe next year EA then 
put out a statement like, yeah, we're working on it. Which has to be the most nonchalant, weirdest way to announce a game ever. Need for Speed just hit, Most Wanted just hit the other assist, PS3 and 360. Really? It just hit them? Like, I think. Thing? I think it just came out. Like, just came out. Or it's about to come out. I think it's about to come out. I feel but the like reviews are coming out, and it's getting good reviews. And it's from uh, Criterion, or how I think it's Criterion's name. Okay. They're the guys behind the Burnout games. Oh. So yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah, that's good. So I'm actually looking forward to it on Wii U, but I find it interesting that um, it was announced by Nintendo leaking a financial, and then not even a press release, an EA rep just going, yep, it's coming. Like, it's so, it's so weird. So yeah, it's apparently coming out next year, although there are some interesting rumors on the interwebs that's actually done, and EA is basically sitting on it for some reason. Why would they do that, EA? Uh, a couple possible reasons. Oh, why. waiting for a nice space scene. Well, here's the thing. Games. There's no game like it in the launch lineup. It would do fine in launch. But a couple reasons I could think of. One, crazy thought is maybe they're hoping people that buy it on PS3 and 360 will double dip with the Wii U version next year if it, like, uh, comes it, with... It, it is spread out long enough. Or if it comes with all the DLC packed in or something. Two, maybe Nintendo Network. Maybe they're trying to figure out how to best integrate the autolog feature, which is where you can, like, challenge players... Like, it's this whole crazy stat-based thing that's built into Need for Speed these days. It's all online. You could challenge players' ghosts. Like, you could play a person's... You could challenge a player and then just race their ghosts. So it's like you could play each other even if you're not online at the same time. And stuff like that. Um, it may be their way to better integrate that with uh, Nintendo Network. Who knows? But, yeah, it's very weird that... One, that they announced it so carelessly. And two, that if they are finished with it, that they're literally just sitting on it for no reason. Hmm. So... So that's that, and, the, and one other what? Yeah, probably. And then one other uh, game announced. It actually happened, I think, before our last episode. But since we're talking new games coming to Wii U soon, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, based on the PS3 and 360 versions and the movie, will be hitting Wii U early next year. As well, with well. little to no improvements, or I have no idea. Oh. I think they're including all DLC if there is DLC. I seem to remember reading that. Oh. But yeah. So going beyond game news, Nintendo's also drowning out their financials with some Wii U marketing. They are... Well, actually, no. That's I take that back. They're not drowning out their financials with Wii U marketing. The Wii U is three weeks away, and finally they're getting their act together with marketing. That's the better way of playing of saying it. So, uh, the first Wii U commercial was just unveiled on Thursday, and then the new Super Mario Brothers U commercial was unveiled on Friday. Since we have so much to get through, I think it's easiest. Let's just talk Wii U commercial. The general, minute-long... Wii U, as they call it, the campaign and now the can the ad campaign launch commercial. So it's a minute long. There's a link to it on the site randomtown.com. If you go to episode 28, virtuous rewards, it's about halfway down our list of news items, and uh, it'll take you to the YouTube page for the commercial. What do you think of it? Uh, I think I got a point. It, it, it makes it look very casual. It makes it look very kitty almost. It's like the opposite of what they've been telling everybody. Well, they the have, hardcore. yeah. So essentially, I mean, obviously, they do. Have, I mean, these are the people that are gonna. And it's the, the mass, right? And it's the first trailer, and I mean, the first commercial, presumably many. I mean, they already have the. I mean, they're probably gonna have well. like a different commercial catered for each person. So yeah, but it's just it's just strange. So basically, the commercial. If, for a quick rundown, it's a huge stack of cubes, like Hollywood Square style, almost, and in each cube is people playing different things in different ways. So and they're doing all these quick shots. Of like, oh look, here's a family playing Mario. I know, check it out. There's someone playing Lego City, which for some reason they emphasize like crazy in that commercial. Probably because they publish it. And then, oh, here's some karaoke with Sing Party. And there's some uh, more Mario. And there's someone watching a movie with Nintendo TV with two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> TVEE. Oh, yeah, I thought you meant with their two eyes. No, 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 I meant TVEE. 
Uh, it's just like it's really rapid fire. They show some of the ways that you can use a controller. They show like Metroid Blast and the guys flying the ship, and they show um, you know Mario. They show boost blocks and some people using Wii modes. And right at the beginning, they do see, say the all new Wii U. But already in the YouTube comments, people are saying, "So when's this extra controller coming out?" I don't know if they're trolling or not. But, I mean, maybe Nintendo should very blatantly state in the commercials, the all-new Wii U gaming console, instead of just the all-new Wii U. I don't know. But, so there's all that. And then to top all that off, it's all set to the beautiful genre of of dubstep. It wasn't so much dubstep as it was. No, it was dubstep. That's dubstep. But here's the thing. I don't mind dubstep at all, actually. And I find it funny that it's in all commercials now. But Nintendo chose the most high-pitched, squeaky dubstep I've ever heard. It sounds like an 80s, like, fax machine, or like Xerox copier, or like an inkjet printer or something that's, like, trying to be all cool and musical. Like, it's like, instead of just music that's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, it's like, it's like they sampled the printing and just... Yeah, and yeah. then they did a remix of it. So if you ever wanted to see Wii U footage spliced together to the fine stylings of an HP inkjet from 1991... Here you go. I don't even know if they had inkjets in 91. No, they couldn't have had inkjet. It had to be pre-inkjet uh, technology. Just in 96. But, but, yeah, well, either way, it's funny. Um, the commercial itself, I don't think it's that bad. It's better it than showed, the Europe one. It, yeah, it's way better than the Europe one, which is a complete infomercial. But they don't show... There's a couple of things that I have. There's a couple of thoughts I have on it. If it's aiming at casuals, that's fine. But they don't show any third-party games. It's literally just Nintendo published. Lego, Mario, Sing Party... Nintendo, Nintendo Land. Land. And they don't show... Um, and they don't show any mature games. It's all very kid-friendly. It's all very happy. It's... I mean, they focus on Lego a lot. And I understand for the casual audience, for, you know... For I mean, it's not the like family... Nintendo themselves are making it, right? They're just publishing it. What? Lego. Lego. Yeah, they're publishing it. Uh, yeah, so I mean, Traveler's I Tales making it. I mean, I still feel like it's kind of like a spiritual third party I mean they're just publishing. yeah no but the, the fact that they're publishing means they're the ones marketing it that's why it's in this commercial but there's no zombie U, which is many arguing are arguing it's not gonna be the killer app of the Wii U I didn't put up a great preview last week where they basically said this is the game to get there's no um, none of Ubisoft's no Just Dance they have Sing Party instead which makes sense because that's Nintendo's own but it's just strange that like the commercial really just showed four games hmm. so games. I imagine Going forward, as you were saying, Jose, that they're going to have more commercials that focus on different things, probably keeping the same cube, brightly colored cubes in a stack aesthetic. But it is strange that, like, the launch of the campaign only focused on Nintendo's own games. I mean, Especially when they've been... Didn't they kind of do that with the 3DS? I mean, not exactly like that, but I remember there, there was a commercial that had Street Fighter, Nintendo Dogs, and Steel Diver, and then there was another commercial but yeah, that had a whole set of games. But had Street Fighter. Yeah, but... But had Street Fighter. Yeah, but that was one of the two. We haven't seen the other one. Of this That's one. true. If well, there are going to be many. One. They're doing, like I said. There, I mean, there's already one for Mario, and I imagine the cute, the aesthetic that we're seeing in the Wii U one, the launch one, and the Mario one will continue into the others, but obviously be themed a little differently around the content. This is how we will play Wii U. No, how I am. I'm not surprised. The slogan, yeah, the slogan is how you will play next. Oh, there it is. How yeah. you will play next. Yeah, so that's actually not too surprising that they're sticking with that. That's on all their. That's been on the website and all the signs and demo units for quite a while. So, so it's just a, you know, it's, it's, honestly, it's not as catchy as we would like to play, and I don't think the ad is quite as solid as the Wii would like to play campaign, which really helps. Well, solid. I mean, you can't really say we would like, we, you, we would like, we, you would like to play. Will you play? Will you, that's will. So? Has the you. And it still keeps the theme. 
Yeah, but then if you're the, but if you're gonna, if you have do, the two little guys battling against, like, will you play the all new, the new Wii U console from Nintendo? And then clearly there's a link to the Wii in the sense that they're the guys. But then again, maybe that's too similar. Maybe people will still be like, so it's a new controller. So I, I guess I can see why they separated it. Um, one thing I thought was weird. Another thing I thought was weird is like the third thing. I guess there's no off TV play shown in the commercial at all. They don't show any quick cut of a person playing on TV, the TV going off, and then continuing on the controller. Hmm. You would think that would be... That's one of the main selling points. You'd think they'd include that. But I guess when you only have a minute, you have to be... Ow, I just snapped something on my finger. Uh, that's yeah, a piece of metal, everyone. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say is, I yeah, guess... That, that, yeah, you were just asking for that. I know, I was. I've been playing with this, behind this clipboard the whole time. But um, I guess when you only have a minute, is what I was trying to say. You have to be choosy about what you show. Very choosy. So that's the Wii U commercial. Which only makes sense why the optic there still, so... Yeah, it, it does make sense. But they could... Instead of showing Mario three times, could have showed it once and then showed something else. Uh, in addition to the Wii U commercial, the Burger King promotions were underway. Nintendo and Burger King have teamed up. Uh, they have toys based Ooh. on the Wii U. I know By the time this goes up, we should have at least one. Yes. Oh, yeah, because we're going to Burger King to get them, yeah. But they have Wii U toys. They have a contest at BK's website where you can win a basic set Wii U. Uh, or a Wii U basic set is the more grammatical, grammatically proper way of saying that. So that's underway, and it has its own commercial where it's a bunch of kids singing acapella Mario. Yep. Yep. And then on top of all... It doesn't even show what the toys are. So? It's on the website. It's on the website. I want a commercial it's on their with website. it. McDonald's it does it. it. Yeah, I don't watch McDonald's Happy Meal commercials They actually have pretty good, like, traditionally animated commercials. It's, I, I applaud them. Oh, well, good for them. Yeah, so they're like, they take a long time to make. Huh. Yep. Anyway, the the third prong of this marketing that Nintendo's doing, so they have the, the big fast food promotion, they have the commercials, and they have demo kiosks out in the world. And we got to check one out the other day. One thing I will say is they're very brightly lit, which is smart. Like, it, you know, when you're in a Best Buy, you're seeing TVs everywhere, but the whole kiosk is lit up. The Wii U logo's glowing, it's blue lights, it's white lights, it's a huge screen. Like, it, it's really eye-catching. You can see it from across the store. So, so there's that. And they also are very smart in that they chose Rayman Legends as the demo, even though it's not out till next year. I think it's one of the better examples. We said this when we played it at Comic-Con back in the summer, that it, it's like the perfect example of how the asymmetric gameplay can actually work well. Yep. Or the, well, let me rephrase. It's a perfect example in the sense that it's the easiest to get, oh, I get it. Like, Nintendo Land does it in some very But you're playing with someone else, otherwise it would just look like you're just playing a Wii. Yeah, yeah, no, there was a kid there. So we played it. We played it. Ha. Huh. We play, We played I it Nintendo and... I don't get it. I do. Ha uh, ha. I Nintendo. You Nintendo. We were playing it and, you know, tableting Wiimote nunchucks. That's fine. Then I walked by it again like 10 minutes later and there's a kid playing Rayman just using Wiimote. Which kind of defeats the purpose of the Wii. Like, yes, you can use the Wiimote, but the whole point's the new controller. So I think Nintendo's got a bit harder of a sell with this than they did with the uh, Wii, where it was very intuitive. You pick it up. Well, there was nothing it. else like it. Exactly. So, also, I wonder how much confusion that'll lead to. The that only they thing, have, that's funny. Its only competition might be its itself. own product. I know. Well, not, it's not so much competition, but mm, I don't even know what to say. If the word, there is a word. The reason it won't sell. Cannibalizing. Yeah, because like, oh, I already have a Wii. Why do I need? Yeah, this no, seriously, there was so slightly stronger Wii in both the Wii U commercial the that we just talked about and the demo kiosk. They do not really differ. I mean, it's differentiated. In fact, it's like Wii U, and the boxes are blue now, and the logo has this big blue U on it. In the commercial, they really emphasize the U at the end, like there's a giant U on the screen before the logo. But 
all of that, they still show Wiimotes so much that it's almost like, wait, is this the same system? Like, if you don't know anything, it could be a little confusing, potentially. I mean, the demo kiosk, they have a gamepad and they have a Wiimote nunchuck right next to each other, almost even height. I think the Wiimote's, like, maybe a couple inches lower. And then in the commercial, when they don't, you know, they pan a family playing Mario, and they show, uh, in the Wii U commercial, and they show, not the Mario commercial, and they show uh, someone using the gamepad, and then they pan over, and you see people, and they zoom in, basically, on two people playing with Wiimotes. It's like, wait, so intercompatible? Like, if you don't know anything, if you're not if you're not listening to every episode of the Random Town Podcast once every two weeks, then who knows? Yeah, the commercial was essentially like the E3 announcement. They don't really show the console, just the controller. Yeah, they sh- I saw the console. I looked for it. The console is in one shot when they're behind a person's head, and you see it under the TV, tucked away. But even then, the console is still a white box or a black box. It looks box. like the Wii. So yeah. Gets the, it know. does look like the Wii. At, when we were looking at the demo kiosk, we both noted it really just looks like an extended Wii. I mean, we played it... We played it at ConCon, we played it at the Wii Experience Tour, but we never saw it in normal, like, store lighting. We always saw it under, like, cool, moody, like, flashing lights and had its events. <laughs> so it looked nicer than it really Well, it didn't look nicer, it's just, I you know... It well, uh, I, yeah, I guess. But when you see it in person, it's literally just a rounded, extended Wii. Yeah, I don't know, but there's something about the it looks Wii nice. that made it look cool, and this one just very plain. Oh, because the Wii had, well, two things. One, the Wii was angled when it stood up. It was at slant. Two, it has that big, glowing blue light. Three, it came, in on, came on stand... Four, at the time it came out, it was different looking. Yeah. And five, at the time it came out, it looked nothing like Nintendo had ever done before. It had this very sleek, non-Nintendo feel to it. The whole Wii launch was so anti-Nintendo and how they did everything. that I, I was The aesthetics they used, everything, like the white, pa- the white boxes, having the Wii logo be in the right side of the box, not in the center, not using the half circle at the top of the box or a bar, but doing that little wave. Yeah. Like, everything about it, having the... the, the the white of the Wii box extend, you know, so the front had the had the little Wii logo, then the white oh, went to the spine, <laughs> then the white went to the back, like, all that, it was just so, like, un-Nintendo, and so, like, very, like, clean, and, like, very, almost Apple-y. Mm-hmm. And the Wii U's still doing that a little. I've seen the back of the Wii U boxes. Um, they don't do the carrying the thing over, but they have, like, a unified bar along the bottom that shows exactly what Nintendo network features it uses, like, online and leaderboards and whatnot. For example, did you know Zombie U? Uh-oh. The zombifying your friend thing works online. I assume that means you could send your zombified selves to your friends. But it says that like on the box under Nintendo Network, which is great that they have a unified spot where it's like, here's what it does online. Bang, bang, bang. Oh. But, um... Oh. Is- but yeah, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. But yeah, it's just like the Wii U is... It's, you know, Nintendo's rolling it out as they would any console. But it doesn't seem to have that same instant... It's so different and cool and unique as the Wii did. Yeah. I'm still super excited. I like. I'm really looking forward to getting mine in three weeks, but it's just missing a little something. Same with the 3ds. I said the same thing about the 3ds. I think it's just because these are iterative compared to their predecessors, opposed to. I don't know about the 3ds. Well, the 3ds is certainly iterative. No, well, yeah, but I mean, well, the Wii U maybe. And a when it came less. out, it was more like I don't know. I guess because the first game was like Street Fighter Four. It's like, oh, this is a console game. But, but it's still Arab in the sense that it's the same structure. The handheld oh, is basically yeah, the yeah. same. It's not like Game Boy Advance to DS, where I was like, what? Like, this one was iterative. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean it's bad. Just no, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I sound so down now, but no, I'm really still looking forward to the Wii U. And we actually have even more Wii U news to discuss. Uh, oh, boy. A couple online tidbits that came out around the same time as the financials. Uh, first up, right after the financials came out, as I mentioned, Satoriwa did a Q&A with... Uh, investors and he said that we are in fact getting a nintendo direct all about meverse and that will be obviously before launch 
And he did give one little tantalizing tidbit before that Meverse video hits, and that is that friend codes may be on their way out. He said that um, friends should be able to directly friend people should be able to directly friend each other within the interface, essentially. Yay. So friend codes may exist as the. This is what we long speculated ever since Nintendo Network was announced. If you go back to our Nintendo Gets Networked episode, I think it was like what episode six. You and me were both saying like. Yeah, this they could just put the friend codes like hidden away and just use usernames on top of them, and I think that's what they're doing. Because Reggie said friend codes will still be there in some capacity, so I think this is what they mean. They'll be there for the back end, but not for the front end. So there's that. Nintendo also put out a press release this week detailing the deluxe digital promotion, which, as you may or may not recall, every deluxe Wii comes with this special promotion where you get money back for Wii Shop. Or Wii Shop. Wii Shop. Wii Shop. <laughs> Wii Shop. Wii eShop I know, yeah. For Wii eShop, Wii U eShop purchases. So how it's going to work is from now, from launch through December 14th, December of 2014, sorry, any purchase you make on the eShop, be it a full retail game, a download only, first party, third party, anything, you will get 10% back on that purchase. What that means is you'll get that 10% as points. So if you buy Mario U for $59.99 on the eShop opposed to in stores, you will get 599 points credited to your account. Every 500 points you get is you can earn a $5 or for every 500 points you earn a $5 eShop uh, certificate. You can use that for t- certificate for any future download on the eShop, either Wii U or 3DS. So while you can't earn points through the promotion on your by buying stuff on the 3DS, you can then spend the stuff you, the points you get from the Wii U on your 3DS. No. The catch because there's That's always like a, best boy. Makes it awesome. Basically. And the cool thing is, basically, if you buy a game digitally, a retail game digitally, you're base, you're getting an automatic $5, at least. Unless the game, you know, unless the game... I wonder how many times I would... I don't think I'm ever going to do that. Though. I mean, I feel like I cool, want physical, yeah. But, I mean, not only that, but, I mean, a retail game is going to be, like, a lot of gigs. Well, there, there's that. I, I mean, there is you would have that. to have your external hard drive already ready. You, I mean... Well, there's that in the sense that... Um, Tekken Tag Tournament 2 was announced as uh, being on the eShop uh-huh. in Japan, not in America. So when it comes out on Wii U, it will be out, and it will cost a cheaper price, which is great. Ooh. That's how it should be. They should always offer a discount. But it will also cost 16.7 gigs of your storage. That is half of the deluxe set's uh, built-in memory and double the basic set's built-in memory. It's a little over half. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. So that's clearly that's why Nintendo supports external hard drives for this sort of situation. And that's how I think all the companies should do it, actually. Is if they're gonna go digital, they should put a discount. Yeah. Uh, Namco hasn't actually said they're gonna offer it digitally in the US, but I imagine they will. And Nintendo did reconfirm all their own games will be available digitally day one on launch day. So there's that. But um, backing up for a sec, I said there's one catch with the deluxe digital promotion. And the catch is when, if you want your certificate, you can't do it through your Wii U. You have to go to uh, ddp.nintendo.com, which will launch in December. You and you log in using your Nintendo Network ID. That right there is huge. You log in using a Nintendo Network ID. The accounts are actually happening. So you log in with your password and your ID name. And then once you're there, you can assign yourself the certificate. So it's a lot like the rewards on website for Best Buy yeah. in that regard. But it's kind of weird that you can't like just get it credited on your Wii U if you want it that way. You still have to go to the website, get the certificate, go back to the system, plug it into the eShop on whatever system you're on, and go forward. Well, it's a small speed bump, which I'm sure Nintendo did, yeah, but not for technical that, reasons, but because they know some people will be too lazy and not redeem their certificates, which means they make more money. 
Yeah. It's just, it's the same as like a, it's like the same as a mail-in rebate, basically. Oh, so, pain. yeah. But they do it because most people are too lazy to bother. Yep. So that's the, I think that's the logic there and why Nintendo's doing it. But um, it is still a bit of a catch. And also, uh, speaking of online, we now know that Nintendo network IDs can be, third parties can plug into those and pull information. For example, EA recently um, updated privacy policy to discuss how Origin will work on the, on various systems, including the Wii U. And they said that um, me information, like your me character, your email address, and your Nintendo network ID, your friends list, all that can be sent to them when you play their games, and they can use with Origin. So basically, they can hook into Nintendo Network's uh, pipes, so to speak. Huh. They can hook into the fire hose. There's a term I'm looking for. Well, why don't you just use pipes? Well, fire hose is the proper term. Because of Mario. Fire, fire, fire hose is the proper term. When you talk about like social media, like the Twitter fire hose is the public information Twitter that... You know how like there are different Twitter clients and whatnot. Sure. They plug, right? Like, yes. Yeah. They plug into what they call the fire hose, and they can offer more or less information to that fire hose. All right. Yeah. So it's called gotcha. the fire hose. That's how like APIs are and stuff. Um. So yeah, EA can plug in, and presumably other third parties like Ubisoft. They are using UPlay, which is their online infrastructure for their games on the Wii U, and that also can plug. I imagine can plug into the Nintendo Network ID. So it's cool that it's like Nintendo has their own network, but they're also allowing transfer of data back and forth with other networks yep 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 so that's wii u that's only wii u there's still the 3d don't oh man it's supposed to be exciting you're supposed to get listeners excited listeners are you excited let me hear you cheer i assume they cheered can we get mac to say yay um yes we can we're gonna stop the podcast for this i don't know are are, are you are you excited for the 3ds stuff for all this, for all all the news for the 3ds, Mr. Mac. Okay, you're just buying time now. Yes, I am. You were told. What? <laughs> yay, yay! What are you right? He, he can't do a lot of A's back to back. Apparently, just do one yay. Just. One I mean, one A, one yay. One yay. All right, give us one yay. Yay. See, he's excited. If he's excited, I can't believe we just killed literally 45 seconds doing that. Yeah. 3ds news. Let's go. So, uh, we got a new Nintendo Direct. Nothing interesting except for Crash Moon Fluid. Yeah. Basically, uh, when Nintendo announced the eShop games that we talked about last episode, in Europe they did it via Nintendo Direct in a video. Here they did it via a press release. So now they flipped it, and now we got the video, and yeah. So, um, essentially it's repeated information, like he says. It's, you know, they talked about the holiday games. Those are out. Those are soon coming out. They showed first footage of Crash Moon and Fluid, or more footage of Crash Moon and Fluidity spin cycle. And they announced a couple small things. One... New Super Mario Bros. 2 has two more DLC packs. Challenge Pack B, which goes hand-in-hand with Challenge Pack A, and once again has the online leaderboard that doesn't tell you who you are and only shows the top three, so that's pointless. And and the Easy Gold Rush Pack, which is all about collecting golden mushrooms to get the highest coins possible. So that's one piece of news. Piece number two. Fire Emblem Awakening is once again confirmed for North America, as if we didn't know. Uh, and the DLC specifically has been confirmed for North America. The DLC has been out coming out in Japan fairly regularly since the system launched in. I mean, the the game launched last April, I want to say, and you pay a, in Japan is two hundred yen for new maps with new campaigns and things. So, I'm not sure how that. It'll probably be two fifty again here if I had to guess. So like with Mario DLC. Well, not well, sort of. Well, I mean, the game came out already, so I mean, yeah. it's not, it, it's not like it's freaking. I don't know, everything else around here yeah. that's been happening. So yeah. It's completely different. And the biggest news. I still feel like that to me, though. Yeah. I also feel like, like oh, I'm buying a game and there's already all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. It feels overwhelming. It's like, 
like I'm not getting the full experience because I mean not not the full like I feel like it, it should come with it. It should come with it, but but, but I feel like I'm missing out on stuff yep. because I don't know how good it is. It's it's annoying because like that's the problem when you have to localize games is the DLC might be fresh. Like they didn't release any DLC alongside the game in Japan. It was at least a month, but in America it would probably be faster since it's all translated and ready to go. And if they wait, then it'll just well I guess if they wait it's fine. Even if you do know it's coming, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we could really get spoiled this in Japanese. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And the, the biggest news out of this Nintendo Direct, which, by the way, it was 30 minutes, and they only had three pieces of actual news. They showed some new info on Paper Mario, but nothing we, or new footage, but the info we already knew. Like, it, it's just kind of funny that they yeah, took that long. there's a goat now. Three. Yeah, there's a goat attack. You could send a goat to eat the paper enemies. It's kind of funny. Yeah, goats do. Yep. Yep. Go eat paper. Anyway. He's a bad boy. Oh, God, I just did that. <laughs> Can you... Okay, you know what? You know what? You just... No. Just no. Just... just I, I am rendered speed. I can't even... I, podcast is over. See you guys in two weeks. Nope, that's it. That's it. Okay, no, seriously. Um, The last That bit, was pretty... Bad. I, I was almost gonna... Yeah, yeah, I stopped you. The last bit of news... The last bit of news out of Nintendo Direct, and arguably the biggest, is Animal Crossing... Confirmed again ish for twenty thir- early twenty thirteen here in the states. Sometimes they're really just ramming us. And, with okay, just stop talking. <laughs> just, 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 just. They're... Yeah, yes, they're ramming us because it's a ram because it's a goat because it's sheep. We're like sheep, just doing everything Nintendo wants. I don't know. We're sheeple. Anyway, Animal Crossing has a subtitle in the U.S. It is called New Leaf, as in it's turning over a new leaf. Get it. Get yeah, it, that, get yeah, it, like, get it, leaf, it do you get it's it? It's a completely different franchise, now it's a first-person shooter. It is. <laughs> over and instead leaf. of giving animals, instead of doing uh, various tasks to help the animals, you're shooting them with headshots. Yeah, you're a poacher. You're a poacher. Yep. yep. You're actually gonna, you have to, you have to kill all the animals except for one that you have to take back to the city because they're like, oh look, it's an animal that has evolved them. Yep. It's hot. And you have all the others you gotta kill. Yep. And all the clothing designing you're doing, you're not designing clothes to look cool. You're designing clothes to hunt better. So, so you can be like, better camouflage. So it'll be like Rocco, the ace. And if you're fishing, it's for survival. Not because you like collecting fish and sharing them at the museum. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Man vs. Wild. And DJ KK, with his cool little club, you go there, you dance, then you kill him. Yep. Okay, no, really. Uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf. Wait, oh, that's the way to spin that. Nope. DJ. Animal Crossing New Leaf... Uh, is more like traditional. We talked about we talked in depth about the new features in the last episode. So if you're curious, all you listeners out there, episode 28, Pocket Monster Problems, or sorry, 27, Pocket Monster Problems yep. has that information. This is episode 28. You just got a really but, awesome logo, though. Oh yeah, that logo, man, word art. Actually, no, it's pretty good. Are you being sarcastic? It's not good. No, it's, yeah. It's, well, what they did. If, for I, those I, who I, haven't I, seen the logo, you can't even make something like that. Oh, I can. For those who have seen the logo, they took the Animal Crossing logo. They stuck one of the Animal Crossing like iconic leaf images on it you know that leaf that they always use and then they wrote in like warped text new leaf it's like yellow with like this little black trim it looks like word art and the thing is all the other animal crossing games they did something cool where they had the animal crossing logo be like the town logo then a little chain come down from it and then a little box that would say the subtitle within that you know like like a population 1000 clever yeah but this one they just stuck a leaf with word art on it i hope they change it i hope it's temporary it's not well, well, we'll find out closer launch when it hits next year. And speaking of Nintendo Direct, since we did just list off all this news album Nintendo Direct. Whoa. Uh, did you know they're successful? They're quite successful. They're so successful, in fact, I think it's safe to say that's why Nintendo didn't renew Nintendo Power. Because these things rack up the numbers. So Nintendo clearly still has power. Through their video, but not yeah. through print. They should just call them Nintendo. 
They should still call it Nintendo, Nintendo Power, Power Video. Yeah, they should just call it Nintendo Power Video. Well, Nintendo Direct, they're saying it's direct to the customer. Yeah. You don't have to go through oh, yeah, the media. That's true. And, and, it's not, and it's not like the... There's not going to be spin. There's not going to be someone prefacing the article with, Nintendo's doomed. Here's the Wii U. I don't know. It's, it's just, here's the Wii U. it's not like the editors themselves are doing the video. It's yeah. just Reggie and... It's, it's, it's Reggie and... And random insert people. Yeah. But, but um, no, they're actually not that random. But. No, they're not at all. <laughs> but uh, during the investor Q&A after the financials came out, Iwata actually revealed some pretty interesting insights into, um, you know, the, the video's stats and the fact that... Uh, First of all, did you know they're a year old already? That went by fast. They first mentioned these a year ago at the same financial meeting last year. It's been well over a year that we've been living in LA. Well, we moved back from Santa Barbara after school in June of 2011, so yeah, it has been well over a year. It keeps hitting me more and more. Like, oh, Christmas Christmas is coming up. You know what's weird, though? It's going to be June again, and then it's going to be two years. Two two days ago, it was like 80 degrees in LA, and Christmas is like like two months away. That's insane. It was like sunny and really hot out when... The East Coast was having all its problems. That's so bizarre to me. Well, like, the East Coast was under feet of water. Well, and we were sitting here in 75 degrees. Like, it just is weird. But anyway, back to Nintendo Direct. warming and stuff. Yeah, seriously. Um, back to Nintendo Direct, though. Uh, they get, on average, 600,000 to a million viewers for Nintendo Directs. They say per week. I don't know if they mean the week of the episodes or every week looking at the archives, but I think they mean the weeks of the episodes. They, it was kind of vague in the Q&A. Yeah. But 600,000 to a million is a lot of people. And then, not only that, but they notice an uptick. Right after the videos finish, right after they're done with Nintendo Direct, they see an uptick in eShop visits, in 3D video and game demo downloads, in general system use. Basically, these are more than just press... Annou- you know, these are more than just announcements. They're actually... Le- they're spurring activity on Yeah, it definitely Nintendo works. System. I mean, if it wasn't it for does Nintendo work. Direct, I literally went from the Nintendo Direct to the eShop and downloaded um, Ghosts and Goblins. Yeah, <laughs> it really does nice work. Guy, so yeah, it really does work. I mean, I go and download the demos the few times they have a demo. Moshi Monsters. The yeah. few times they have a demo that coincides. They did not have it on the Nintendo Direct though. No, the few times, the very few times. That was a hidden bonus. Moshi Monsters. That was a hidden gem. Oh, was it? Yeah, because the Nintendo Direct took me to the eShop channel. Oh, and you saw it. And you're and like, oh goodness me, and you downloaded it. Yep. Yeah, but um, what I was gonna say is, in Japan, they always coincide new demos with Nintendo Direct. Here, not so much, but. Um, they also said that the Animal Crossing specific Nintendo Direct they did, which by the way is 47 minutes long, which is absurdly long for a YouTube video, currently sits at 1.1 million views on YouTube. Wow. It made the top videos of the day in Japan, the day it was posted. Like, that's awesome free marketing for Nintendo. They don't have to publicize it beyond posting a tweet and posting on their website and producing the video. That's like the only money they put into it. Yeah, it's kind of that's like huge that's huge publicity so I'd be like I said I think that's probably why they let Nintendo Power die is because these things do gangbusters yeah busting game and also they're really kind of nice it's like a mini E3 every month or every couple weeks they were doing like three in a week recently that's so like a mini E3 every few days we're gonna get another one before the Wii U that's another one in the next three weeks like, it's fun it's cool it's, it's surprised we still don't know that much about the Miiverse I know been this long and that's like the most important thing i feel right yeah now. but it, it it's also it strikes me um what was i gonna say i don't even remember never mind we'll it go back to you as what i don't remember odd no no Happy? no no it strikes me what was i gonna God, i don't remember uh dead air woo what was i gonna say it's something about nintendo direct it'll come back to you oh, of course but um on a different note not only is nintendo direct working but the eShop is also working quite well for Nintendo. Um, they finally revealed 
some info on how on eShop purchases and general online use. 3DS in worldwide, 72% of 3DSs are hooked up to the web. 80% in the U.S. are hooked up to the web. Whoa. That's pretty high for a um, console connection rate. And obviously it'll get higher uh, the more and more mainstream. Obviously the internet's mainstream, but over time, more and more devices get more and more connected. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, and China's very pleased with this number, though. And they also... <laughs> We're quite happy. No, literally. They like they literally said... Smell on the face. Yeah. I deserve no, this No, no. If, if you read the transcripts of the financial... Giggles to self. From the... <laughs> No, it's laughs. Haven't you read uh, I Wanna Asks? Where it's uh-huh. like they just laugh for five minutes and then they're like, good game, yep. And that's it. But no, um. Bow. Yeah, bow. You just got an email, sir. Huh. Anyway. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um. What were you gonna Why am I blanking out so much? What is happening? It'll come to me. Right, eShop. Okay. So in addition to releasing the connection numbers, Nintendo also released some actual ideas of how game download versions of retail games do they say that depending on the title download sales account for three to ten percent of total sales of that game yeah which sounds really small in some cases but ten percent actually isn't that bad considering it's a new initiative ten percent is like nothing but it's a pretty new initiative that they're not really promoting in the u.s and if they can hit ten percent that's not bad at all hmm. i mean they they specifically said some games like art academy and brain age uh concentration training when those launched in America and Japan, respectively, or around the world and in Japan, respectively, they um, obviously had higher down, closer to the 10%, since those games are made for easy pickup and play. Yeah. Speaking of Brain Age, by the way, uh, it's not coming out in America on December 5th anymore. It's been delayed till 2013. Man, why wasn't Brain Age part of the Donkey Kong thing? I want that game so bad. I'm like. Brain Age, you mean Arca? What? That's like why Brain Age isn't out till next year. No, I, I, I know that's why. Like, I just oh, wish it oh, was. Right. I mean, I'm willing to get that one as a download. Right. I'm like well, literally this close to breaking down quite and getting Art Academy just so just I, to get Donkey Kong. Because like the only other game I would consider is like Crossword, but I don't really do Crossword Pro. But the only one that makes sense the most to have a yeah. download. Yeah. Besides Art Academy, but it's yeah. like uh... Also, just throwing this out there, I think it's really Jamie smart. Nintendo. I think it's really smart that Nintendo delayed Brain Age concentration training. Sending it out two weeks before Christmas is kind of like sent out to die sort of situation. The game is not like a stock. I mean, it is kind of a stocking stuffer in a way, but not like it's not a holiday game. People don't go. You know what? I you know what's on my Konica Kwanzaa Christmas list? They celebrate all three. You know what's on my list? <laughs> Brain Age. Never mind the Wii U. Never mind Paper Mario. I just want to concentrate better. Like no one does that. It makes more sense to launch in the spring where it's like, oh, rejuvenation, revitalizing, getting ready for summer here. Keep your brain sharp even when school ends in the summer. Like, you know, yeah. that's when it makes more sense. So I think it's very smart. And that's probably why they delayed it. The game's done, I'm sure. But, yeah. Oh, also, I'm so, like, back and forth with these. But one more thought on eShop download sales. So that 3%, 3 to 10%, like I said, it fluctuates by t- title and it also fluctuates by uh, region. Download sales for New Super Mario Bros. 2 on the 3DS are actually highest here in the States. And noticeably lower, it seems, in Japan and Europe. It is a very downloaded game. Yeah, but I just find it interesting that it really does fluctuate that much. Mm-hmm. And the last bit of news, we're finally on the last bit. Getting back to what you said earlier. Getting back to the Wii conversation about the Wii bundle. So, in the last bit of, look, our financials aren't so bad, we're going to recover. Nintendo announced <laughs> two new... If the Giants could have won another World Series, we could do this. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo's actually, you aren't a Giants fan. I'm not. you just kind of escape it it's like all over Facebook well yeah because we know a ton of people in San Francisco oh yeah but I feel like every single person even people who like 
thought never watched baseball. Well, baseball, actually, I just read the other day, uh, or, and by the other day, I meant, like, yesterday, that baseball um, has, out in terms of ratings, it's doing better than the NBA and the NHL. NHL is no surprise. NBA is kind of surprising. Oh. That was my sweatshirt. Anyway, um... There was a funny message I saw somewhere that, like, to think of all the giants posts as... Um, that we that the humans lost the war against a mystical race of giant people and just like oh the giants won oh, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny but yeah um we, oh yeah the Wii so new bundles so Nintendo announced two new bundles both of which are available very soon if not immediately these are in addition by the way to the recent Wii U price or Wii excuse me price drop to one twenty nine comes with Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort black console. Now, if you want to pay one twenty nine, you can also get a white Wii U that comes with the just released Just Dance Four. Or if you want to pay one forty nine, you can get a blue Wii. Wait, one of them Just Dance Four isn't is one it? of them getting the DLC with like Call Me Maybe and Gundam in the style? bundle? No, one of them Just Dance Four is getting, has Call Me Maybe and they're releasing that Gundam style, Gangnam style, Gangnam style. It's Gangnam, I think. Yeah, as DLC yeah, uh, in November, okay. and that's Just Dance Four. Oh them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh them. But them being that. anyone who's a fan of any Just Dance. Um, That's true. But, what was I going to say? Yeah, so uh, the Blue Wii bundle for 149 you get Skylanders Giants, the Blue Wii, which previously was limited edition. They only sold it on Black Friday in Walmart a year or two ago, and now it's going to be mass, you know, available mass market. Um, it's going to come with the Power Portal, which is how you zap your toys into the game, and it's going to come with three of the Skylander Giants, two normal, one giant. All for one fifty, which is actually a pretty good deal, because normally the game and all that stuff would cost seventy, but it's oh, only thirty dollars wow. more than the uh, system normally. So Nintendo's really pushing Wii, even though the Wii is about to come out, and we were kind of starting to touch on this earlier. But I feel like they're doing this. Well, obviously, one is to combat slowing Wii sales. I mean, sales like we said at the top of the show, they're down sixty yeah, percent. It's, it's like combat them, but why? So why? You why is because they're. The Wii U is only going to sell so much. They're expecting 5.5 million, but they have a very profitable machine. But for every Wii they sell, I see it feels like a Wii U lost. Well, there's a couple for a while. In my mind, there's a couple, or I guess it gives them more time to discover what the Wii U is and realize that it is different. I think Nintendo's not. They made a mistake. I think (laughs) they're going to go return it. I think think Nintendo's not too concerned with. You mean this camp? Watch, we're going to see some parents buy their kids a Wii and buy them New Super Mario Brothers U. No, the the packaging is way too different. They won't get. It's not gonna be the 3ds. Yeah, because situation. Kirby's Dream Collection isn't d- different looking, and all the other. Huh? I don't know. I'm pretty sure parents just see color. No, but they see on the top it says Wii in white, or it says Wii U with a giant U in blue. The boxes are physically different colors. Plastic. It's not like the DS and 3ds where they just move the logo to the other side of the box. No. They're differentiating them noticeably. But um, I think I think part of the reason Nintendo's pushing the Wii so hard. It's quite frankly, the Wii U is going to sell out to those super hardcore Nintendo fans like us pretty quickly. I don't think they're too worried about the Wii, selling through, the Wii U selling through the holiday. The Wii is going to be for people who know, who've always wanted one, but for one reason or another may not have been able to afford it. It's going to be for <laughs> people, it's, I'm serious, 130 is significantly cheaper than 300. Oh yeah, but it's always been really cheap though. What? It's always been like the cheapest console though. Right, but... Oh, but yeah. That extra thirty bucks could be it. You know, for the holidays, if, if people, as you point out, the economy's not so great. So if people are like, I, "I'm getting my kid a game system. They want Just Dance Four. Are they gonna go buy a three hundred dollar Wii U and Just Dance Four for sixty dollars, or are they get the one hundred thirty dollar bundle of both? Either way, Nintendo makes money. That's true. So I think at this point, only at this point, Nintendo's gonna juggle both. And I think next year, once once they don't have the 
yeah, once they don't have the hardcore fans still buying the Wii U because most of them were snatched up, they're basically going to drop the Wii, I think. This is the this is the last hurrah for the Wii. Drop it like it's hot. Although, yes, thank you, Snoop Dogg. Although, I will say, Reggie did make a point in an interview a while ago that he could see the Wii living on like the PS2 did, even when there's the next-gen sis- sister console. I, do. I don't either. I think... I think Nintendo, they're going to have another DS. That's, yeah, that's See, if, if they do that, they're going to have another 3DS DS situation where DS sales are eating into 3DS sales here in the U.S. I don't watch that. Talk, re- I mean, we talked about it. Like, they're going to announce, for whatever reason, a really high-profile game is going to be for the only Wii. for the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, we, we talked about, I guess, an hour ago now in the podcast that, you know, the DS was eating into 3DS sales. And if Nintendo's not careful, the Wii will eat into Wii U sales after this holiday. This holiday, they only have a limited stock of Wii U's. That's not an issue. You know, they will sell out. It's next year that they're going to have to basically drop these bundles and just stop supporting the Wii. Mm. In my opinion. Yeah. And with that, that's the news. That's what's up with Nintendo. Well, was it was now. a lot of news. I told you, it was a lot. The yeah. financials themselves didn't take very long, but all the stuff that came after it did. But of course, what's up with Nintendo is only half of the Random Nintendo podcast. The other half is what we're playing. I'll just really quickly say why. Another been... hour and a half? No, 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 but not literal <laughs> half. But I will, I will no, say... I, I know, I'm pretty sure by 20 episodes, I think I know yes, how long. Yes, yes. Well, that's just to prevent anyone listening from going, oh my god, I can't stand this and turn <laughs> it off. For the first time. Yeah. But um, really quick, I'll just But we get more personal, and it's not just random news. It's a, Well, it's always opinions in the news, but it's oh, yeah, way yeah, more yeah. opinion, way less fact. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I will say real quick what I've been playing, simply because we've talked about it before. What have you been playing? Uh, Rhythm Heaven Fever. I got it for only what? $10. It was 10 bucks at Fry's. They had it on sale, so I raced to go get. It. I literally like saw on Twitter, Fry's is selling Rhythm Head for ten bucks. Checked their stock; it said in stock on the site. Raced over to the Fry's, which is about fifteen minutes from my house. Got the last fifty cop. minutes. Fifteen. Oh, got the last copy. Oh, like rushed over there. Like, fifteen. Whoa, whoa. Got my last copy. Got the last copy in the store. Oh. I was proud of myself. Oh, you did get but a we, beautiful we, piece of Nintendo history, right? I now. did, and we talked about pretty heavily um, in one of our early episodes back in February. Uh, I'm trying to remember what number it is. I want to say episode 10, maybe? But, um... A random guess. It is. Let me, um... Watch this check right here. That's what I'm doing. It, it, which one it's are you rhythm, it's, it's We Got the Fever, episode 8. So... So we both talked about it at the time in depth. So if you're curious what we think of the game, I encourage you to go back in time to last February and check out our pains on, uh... Rhythm Heaven Fever then, because my opinion's unchanged. It's still a quirky, fun rhythm game. With, and if you don't have a time machine, great, just check out the website. Yeah, with great personality. What? You said go back in time. Oh, yeah, I, at RamNintendo.com. Yes, Thank I said you. if you don't have a time machine. Yes, go to RamNintendo.com. But yeah, it's still a great game. Quirky, tons of personality, good music, catchy. You actually played it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What? Why would I, I would just buy it and sit on it? I don't know. No, it's weird. Like, it's not likely to play a game that's been released well i just bought it so it's new to me i mean i played your copy or even go back and go well it was 10 bucks and i bought it and of course i'm gonna play but anyway that's what i've been playing you on the other hand jose i know i've been playing a lot of current like new stuff that we actually talked about a bit in depth so yep in addition to the stockpile of old games i'm playing um yeah i've been playing zero escape virtual last reward which is the name of the episode 9992 basically Night Sky and Ghosts and Goblins, the NES game. And quick reminder before we get in-depth about those, stay tuned to the end for info on how you can win your Wreck-It Ralph shirt. Oh, that's right. We're giving away Wreck-It Ralph shirt. Yeah, but we're saving it for the end to force people to listen or to scrub the little bar yeah. over to the end. But see, I feel like most people are too lazy to click that bar over. Prove me wrong. Go ahead, Internet. Actually, please don't. Please listen. Jose has great things to say about these games. Go ahead. All right, well... I would start if with... If you're not familiar with the... 
Which one are you starting with? I'll just start with the DLC, I think, because those are kind of shorter and faster. I mean, the downloadable Oh, games. oh, okay, so Night Sky so, and Ghost and uh, Goblins. Ghost and Goblins. Um, finally got my hands on this game. The NES version, right? Yeah, the NES version. Is that, that's what's on the eShop right now? Yes. The NES version, the infamous one. Even though I started with the Super Nintendo one mm-hmm. on the on the Wii shop, on the Wii. Mm-hmm. And that one was really hard, but apparently the NES one was harder, and I got to see it for myself, and I guess it is. Except... <laughs> I mean, it's definitely, I don't know, it's fun. The music is still great. It's the same music, just all more chiptune. Well, yeah, it's 8-bit, so it has yeah. to be. And, yeah. So, is it as thing. hard as they say? Um, yeah, it is. It's definitely, if you want to see what NES hard is all about, that's the game to get. So just, that or a Mega Man game. Right. Any Mega Man So, just game. clarify, it is, it is like, a, you know, a standard side-scroller action-y NES game, right? Like, yeah. you're just going and Except you have fools all... and goblins and ghosts and... Except you have, like, the unique... I mean, I guess their gameplay thing is... You two hits and you're dead. There is no way to get your hits back until you beat a level. Right. And your jumping is fixed. In this game, you only get one jump. As in the Super Nintendo game, yeah. you get two. Yeah. But when you jump, your arc is set. Like, you can't change your momentum in the air at all, unlike Mario. Mm-hmm. So you do have to get used to the jump. Like, once you jump, you have to commit to that jump. And if that <laughs> jump yeah. kills you, you're dead. Right, gotcha. Also, it's, that probably adds to it's also one of those games where if you get hit by an enemy, you get pushed back. So if you make a jump, and then you get hit by an enemy on your way down, that changes your trajectory, and then you fall in a pit. And that happens right. a lot. Like they, they programmers like, this is one of those really great games that is difficult, difficult by design and not by just the fact that the game kind of sucks. Right, they just, chose to make it difficult. It wasn't yeah. due to the poor yeah, and coding. Yeah, like, it's like, oh my god, it's really frustrating but in a good way like every right. time it's like Super Meat Boy when you get past a certain part you feel more satisfaction because of how hard it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and despite all these things getting like you get projected there's so many things trying to kill you and you have a time limit like this, to make it even worse mm-hmm. if the game wasn't hard enough already and you have to beat it twice so <laughs> right yeah it's like a cheap way to so longer so how much is it off the eShop 5? 4.99 yeah so 5 that's not bad yeah so I would recommend it it's just it's fun it's definitely better I mean if you have if you got the Ambassador games it's definitely the best NES game of all of them because the other ones are dirty <laughs> games well not all of them you get Most Mario and Me- Metroid and Zelda yeah well I definitely enjoy this game more than those three. Oh, okay then but yeah but I mean that's just because I do I mean I'm sure you too. Like we, we didn't grow up with an NES. That is true. So I'm not too nostalgic about the old Mario right. and stuff like that. But this game holds. Yeah, it definitely holds up just because yeah. it's so much different. It has more complicated mechanics and things going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, in Mario, you just get a fireball. I mean, clearly, I mean, obviously, technology is like the first game to come out. Yeah. And this one has like more weapons and other ways right, to screw right. you over. But yeah, get it. I recommend it. And next game. Cool. <laughs> Very abrupt transition. Um, yeah. At least I try. Speaking of. All right, fine. So this game Speaking of games you can download from the eShop, I heard takes... you also got Night Sky. All right. All right. I guess. See? Right. There you go. I was going to say, this game takes place entirely at night, and this next game <laughs> is Night Sky. <laughs> so this game, Ghosts and Goblins, it's very dark out. One game <laughs> that lives in darkness, because it's set at night, is Night Sky. Except, Do tell. Except sometimes the background... So like it's, it's like a sunset, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Or it's the day, it's the silhouette. It's a silhouette world. Have you ever played Donkey Kong Country Returns or anything? Like or Limbo, sil- yeah. It's, it's like, like the silhouettes in yeah. Donkey Kong, yeah. So or in Limbo. So it's a physics-based game in the sense that um, you just traverse the environment as a little ball and 
You just go from one end of the screen to the other. You just want to exit the screen at every single level. Mm -hmm. And you do that either by rolling up ramps and trying to land on certain spots by managing your momentum or your speed. Or sometimes you have to... I started on the hard difficulty. So I have to do things early on in the game that I assume you don't have to do in the normal version. Because I heard the regular... The standard difficulty is really, really easy. Like on one of the levels, on the early levels, um, I had to jump on top of a wheel... And balance myself across a pretty decent sized gap. Mm -hmm. So, like, I mean, if you just jump on the wheel and start rolling in the reverse direction to make yourself go forward, because it's like you're on a barrel, right? Um, you will automatically fall. But you have the turbo boost, so you kind of have to, like, tap it every once in a while. Right, so it, you stay on. It took me a good 15 minutes to get the rhythm for it down. And it was so, really, so really you mentioned hard. a turbo boost. So you're this ball, and you're traversing levels. And I, they're like ramps and things, right? So you have to yeah. go up a ramp and land on another ramp and like take that ramp to a third ramp. Something right. to activate switches and stuff like that. Right. And so the ball has power-ups depending on the level or... No, it's like every... It's it's split into screens. So okay. every... You can almost think of them as little puzzles. Every level is this little screen. So once you make it to the end of the screen or you exit it, it immediately starts the next screen. Right. And... Do you always have those turbo boosts? And, 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 and randomly, you have... Sometimes you have a turbo boost that's activated with the... A or B button, uh -huh. and sometimes you have this like break that will just like an air break completely. So, yeah. Well, it's not an air; it only works on the ground, mm -hmm. but it'll completely stop your momentum like almost instantly. So I guess depending on the level, or, they have or, or what it's called, cue when you get these, or you just have to press the button. You just have to press the button, and um, That's a and weird. the yeah, like it could have told you, but it didn't even. You kind of have to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, there's no way you could pass the level without figuring right, it out. Right, right. So still, you think they'd be like, "Hey, I mean, you have this now." Like if you press the button. And it doesn't have it a little X will appear over the ball, but if it does, oh glow like the color bright blue. Right. If it's a turbo boost, right. then it'll turn like kind of pinkish if it's the bright. Makes sense. So it's not that hard to figure out. You will figure it out. And did you like? I don't know. It's all really nice. A really smooth animation. Yeah, I will. Levels and I will say that I, I uh, did you really they showed it to me in the graphics. Yeah. I mean, the 3D is subtle, basically. Yeah, but it, looks, it still the, makes the, it look nice. Though. Yeah, it's like the up against the screen is. The, the world you're actually traversing, the silhouettes, and then set back into the screen is the colorful background of twilight or sunsets or whatever. But it, so it does look nice. But yeah, it's... um. How to, how's the physics engine? Would you, does it actually like seem like legitimate physics or is it kind of wonky? No, yeah. Like, um, there were some puzzles where you have to kind of like jump on a, a platform that's carried by a chain so you kind of have to swing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it all feels very natural. Like you, you don't... Yeah, like, like momentum think, and everything. Basically, I didn't really think about it the whole time because of the fact that it just worked. Well, that's how I good. expected it. That's to. what you expect with the puzzle game. How much is Night Sky? It's I want to say it's eight ninety nine, so it's nine dollars. That's not bad. It's a little. I guess it could be considered on the price end, but it has a lot of levels. I, I, I think I have like maybe an hour on it, and I'm still in the second world, and there's like maybe ten or fifteen. Not bad. Maybe ten. There's over ten. I want to say. There's a lot of levels, and know, it will take you time, because I'm already mm -hmm. stuck. I'm legitimately yeah. stuck. I'm. It's really hard right now, because I started on the hard difficulty, like I said earlier. Right. And I can only imagine what will be, like, oh, my God, like it's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it's funny, because, like, this is making me realize, you talking about this and all the other eShop games over the last year that we've been doing podcasts, there are a lot of games I need to download. Like, there, there are a lot I of games. Oh, like, yeah, just, like... Pushmo, this... My Switch Force. I do have Mutant Muds, but it's just like I'm missing. I'm really near like yeah, I know, the eShop. The really, eShop surprisingly like yeah, deep. And has and really good Psycho deep Samurai content. was really cool too. Like, right, and then like and then uh, Dungeon Western, and mm, there's a lot. Yeah, and then Crash Moth coming out. I'm really excited about that. I mean, yeah, 
I'm, I mean, I'm still playing Pushmore every once in a while. That's just amazing. I mean, I beat the campaign, but there's still um, like over a hundred puzzles, additional puzzles after you beat it. So I mean, right. Just for no reason, just another hundred puzzles if you still feel like playing it. Right. And that doesn't even count the a hundred other puzzles I've downloaded like from the internet. Right. Or with the QR code. So, right. It's really endless. When yeah. You use the QR yeah. Code. So I mean, I have more puzzles left to do than I did when the game started, and there were yeah. over like. 200 which yeah. is ridiculous and then Crashman comes out which will just yeah. ramp it up even more I mean I will say that the first 40 50 were so easy it was ridiculous but there were mm-hmm. like, really long tutorials so right right yeah. yeah I remember you saying uh, when you gave me the impression for pushing that it really eases you in whether yeah. you want to or not it really or so, eases yeah. you in like yeah. um, fetus steps <laughs> so in summary um, Get Night Sky I really like it so that's two for two yeah. All right, let's go number three. Let's see what we the do. one the episode is named after. So, Virtue's Last Reward, Zero Escape, Volume 2. I said that in the completely wrong order. Zero Escape, it, Volume it's actually, 2. It's actually Volume 2, Zero yeah. Escape, Virtue's Last Reward. Zero Escape, by the way, it's really funny how they did this. So, 999, which is a game you have nine talked... Doors, nine Hours, Nine People. Yeah, Persons. which is a DS game. Graphic adventure. The critically graphic, acclaimed. Graphic adventure, right? That's yeah. what you call it? Yeah, it's a graphic... Point it's a, click, it's, it's point a, click graphic adventure. Yeah, graphic adventure. Um, more of a novel than a graphic adventure. All right, point and click, but yeah, graphic novel. Yeah, uh, it's weird how they did this. So they made that game, they released it, and then they said, "Hey, let's make this a series." So they went back and repackaged the first game as Zero Escape Nine Nine Nine, and now this is the sequel, which is Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward. That's all I have to say. That's all I know. You take. Yeah, it, I, it, I haven't played it. It so. kind of bothers me a little because, like, I mean, I, you have the old Nine 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 box, and you want the Zero Escape box. Yeah, it looks <laughs> less cheesy. Yeah, but um, actually, no, it probably is actually. I mean, you have two hands reaching towards each other. That's kind of getting more cheesy than that. That's true. So, how's Virtue's Last Reward? That so, if you play the first one or any Phoenix Wright game for that matter, or yeah, I guess Phoenix Wright is the only one to compare yeah. it to. But basically, um, it's a game where a group of nine people get abducted and locked into. Actually, don't know what I'm locked in yet. I haven't beaten it, but. <laughs> It's a, yeah, you're just locked in this place, and you have to play a game called the Nonary Game, which is a game that revolves around the number nine. But are you talking the original or the no, sequel? No, this is the sequel. Well, so it's still involved. It's still focused on the concept. Yeah, except, nine except they call it something like Exodus Edition or something like that. Oh, a, a rabbit is um the overseeing this. A rabbit? Yeah, he's like the Glados. Like a like a oh okay. He's an AI. Okay, so he's, 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 he's like, like he's like Glados and Portal, yeah. Yeah, like you said. Yeah, so I guess I. The point of the, like, you're, this group of nine people, and the point is to get out of there alive, and every single puzzle, you're trapped inside a room, and you have to figure out the way out, mm-hmm. and the puzzles are, I mean, just like the previous one, they're really clever, it's one of those, like, okay, I have to find the key to this door, but mm-hmm. to do, but to get the key, I have to, um, find random pieces of sheet music in different parts of the room, hidden by little puzzles in between them, and when I get the sheet music, I have to put it in a certain order so it gives me a music to play on this piano which I had to collect the keys for and then it's like Moonlight Sonata or something kind of right, like right, right. It's like really convoluted those kind of puzzles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, but... But like, in a good way. Yeah, but I mean they actually work. Like, you know, you never go like, wow, I would have never figured that out kind of thing. Right. Like they... They, they kinda, guide you it's, through. It's, yeah, it's kind of always where you kind of have to go but you still have to think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the first puzzle, I mean the second puzzle that I'm in like, they give you this riddle where you have to figure out which person wants what kind of alcoholic drink. And they give you, like, ten glasses of, like, ten bottles. And you have to, like, f- 
figure out the right combination and put them in the right stand. Mm-hmm. So just so you can get a lock to a key to a safe that I guess will give you a key to something. I haven't really figured that out yet. Because well, you're cause not, yeah, because yeah. without that puzzle, I found pieces that make a globe and I put it in the stand where the globe goes, but haven't figured out what that does. <laughs> so I'm hoping it will be revealed in due time. I'm yeah, sure. but I mean, the puzzles are one half, and the novel part, which is where you're just reading a bunch of text, is yeah. the other half. But it's really, I mean, I don't know it. Character development is really good, and it grabs you, but... And it is an M-rated game, so I imagine it's not, like, it's pretty heavy on on the themes it chooses. Yeah, like something I... Pretty dark. Like I've told you before, like, on a separate conversation where this girl thought she was... Oh, right, yeah, there was all this innuendo, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. a girl thought you were talking about drowning, but the male thought there was something else. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I guess the thing that makes this game... Or makes the 999 series because this game definitely kept this aspect of it is the mm-hmm. fact that you have to replay it multiple times in order to fully appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, since I haven't beaten it my first time, like I've played enough of it to get like to get a full grasp of how the game works and how the story and where the story is kind of going. But it's de- but it's, and it's also indicating that it's going to be exactly like the first one where the first time I'm going to play it, I'm definitely going to die. Yeah, like you. I mean, they don't even like. They tell you right away, you are going to die the first time. You're going to get a horrible ending. Everyone's going to die. Mm-hmm. But the second time you play it, you play with your previous memory. So there's, during those novel sections, there's a bunch of branching paths. They keep asking you questions. They ask you a question that you think is insignificant. But it turns out it was really important. Right, or right. they'll say, which door do you want to go? And what way do you want to split and the groups? And obviously that'll split the yeah, story. And the way you split the groups and the way like you do you do everything like, mm-hmm. will really affect the story. So, like... The original 999, I've beaten it four times now. And in every one of those playthroughs, I learned something completely different. I learned the complete backstory to one character and know nothing about another. Or have a, a character that died early on in one of them. Mm-hmm. And then in another playthrough, he lives on a little longer. So, I don't know, you... It, it, I don't know, it gets cooler and cooler. Like you know right. more and more about it, and it makes you. So, do you know it. what path you're going down? Like, is there any indication if you're on a different branching path? Like, do oh, you see how things like where oh, you made the wrong turn? Or? That's the thing that finally they added because before you had no idea. In the original, it was yeah, just all, you, all you all you knew was which choice you made before, but you had no idea like how many paths were left or if you were even ever closer. Because I mean, I didn't even know which one was. Apparently, you have to get a specific ending first before you could get the real ending. Uh-huh. And since I kind of wanted to get to the real ending already, I looked online to see, like, okay, what door am I supposed to take? Right, right. And since I already started my fist trial again, I realized that the trial, that the path I took is going to require me to play the game three more times <laughs> because I took the wrong path to get the the key ending to get the real ending. That's mm-hmm, crazy. Mm-hmm. But this one, it has, it already has a, like, I guess, like a tree diagram. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, it, it just shows all the branching paths. So it shows you what, what doors you've been taking and what ending you're leading to. That it doesn't tell you, it sounds doesn't, really handy. It doesn't tell you what the ending is, so it's, good, it's completely spoiler-free. Right, right. It just but, shows a But at path. least that way, the next time you're playing, you can say, okay, I took the tangerine door, which takes me to this path. Right. This time I'll take it on this end because this end, this path has a, a lot longer, has more paths to take. Because so. the one I took ended up being a really short Right. so that my game's gonna end kind of soon right but that, that's really handy that they do that because yeah. I feel like that'd be like almost like you, if there's nine endings and you even said you beat four of them and now you're doing the fifth but it seems like like after a while you just get tired of like 
Where yeah, do I, mean, I go now? I mean, so it is very nice to, yeah. nice that they walk I mean, they do have ways, like, they kind of, like, I think they just skip some of the dialogues and stuff like that. Right, so, right. I mean, you, but still, just, like, having to second-guess yeah. every single conversation. And, and, then, and the nice thing that, for some, it doesn't take away any, it doesn't make it feel linear. It still makes you feel like you're... Right. Like you're you're still picking your, your path. Choice, yeah. You're picking which fork in the road to go down, yeah. Yeah, and the cool thing is that, or what kind of work is that, depending on what kind of door you do, like, you might get attached to certain characters and you might, even though, like, the path will tell you, like, oh, it might be better for me to go this way, since you're basically picking what groups you want to go, it's like, oh, I want to see what happens with this character because I'm going to have to split up with them. Right. But, so, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely um, a, definitely a lower-key game than all the other ones, but I would definitely check it out, especially if you like point-and-click adventures. So, what, what are the, is the game, like... I know the game's anime style. Like, I know the original 999 especially was great. Yeah. But is it, like, 3D Worlds? Or oh. do they use the 3DS as 3D at all? Or is it could it have been on the DS as easily as the 3DS? Well, it's actually on the Vita also. Oh, that's right. It is, huh? But it does use... um The original game was all sprite-based, just like the old Phoenix Wright game. Right. Everything was all sprites. All the backgrounds were... Right. The backgrounds were actually um fully rendered oh. rooms. That's kind of a cool combo, but, sprites with fully rendered rooms. But it was... um The way you, like kind of investigating them mm-hmm. they look really fixed like you would just like you're looking it's at, like you're looking at painting you're looking almost. at a corner of a room and then when you go okay i want to look at this side you just tap an arrow and then it oh just like phoenix right just like phoenix right yeah just like yeah except like the camera kind of moves and it kind of oh, does like a swoop it, it kind of disorients you a little because it swoops really fast oh, okay. as to not show that it, you could like mm-hmm. stare around it like a full mm-hmm. 3d camera so how's this one but this comparison? one this one all the characters are 3d modeled and they actually animate more than just like um Twitchy's, um... Like, they talk with their hands and stuff? Yeah, yeah, they talk. It's fully voice acted. Wow. Well, I would say it's 80% voice acted. Like, there... Almost any time a character is talking, there will be voice, except when your character talks. Right. Sounds like really high production values. Yeah. Yeah, That much voice acting. And the rooms that you could, like... I don't know, I guess, um, pan through them with the Mm -hmm. stylus. Like, you use the stylus to change the camera. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a smooth transition. Like you could look a whole 360 view without it going through that twitchy, quick camera swoop. The weird swoosh. Yeah, so it's yeah. all full 3D. And I don't know, it's really cool. I would Sounds really like a huge improvement. It. Yeah, definitely. So your three... And the 3D is pretty cool. I mean, it adds depth. Not that it needs it because it's But a... if you're looking in rooms... It's, it's, not, like, like it's look... not like it's a platformer game. So I, don't... Yeah, but I feel like it'd be kind of cool because if you're looking in a room, it's almost like you're looking at a diorama. No, like yeah. A crime scene no, or whatever it happens yeah. to be. So that's neat. It adds. It adds. Yeah. Cool. But one thing I did apparently like on the internet that has informed me there is a game breaking glitch where if you save Two it in, of them. Yeah, if you save it in one of the puzzle rooms, I don't know which one, you won't be able to reboot it and you have to start over, which kinda sucks. So be careful is yeah. the takeaway. I mean I'm, The info's online if you need to know. I mean exactly I'm assuming where. they tested this game out, so I'm hoping like it's if it's something you do through normal play, you won't really encounter it. Cause I know there yeah. was a game breaking glitch in Twilight Princess, but right, but you have to like do some crazy out yeah. order sequence. But I mean, yeah, and also yeah, with um, the thing with this is Nintendo does allow patching for 3DS games. If you recall, Mario Kart 7's multiplayer was patched. Oh yeah. So Maybe if it's a big a track, I know, yeah. So if it's a big enough glitch, I'm sure Access publishes it, right? Access yeah. Games, I'm sure they could work with Nintendo get a patch out. Yeah, they definitely should, because yeah. I don't want to get to that part and have to start over. But glitches aside, you seem to like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, this is like my new, my second favorite genre now. Right. Before, I didn't even consider The point and click it. adventure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, between Layden, 999, Ace Attorney, like, man, these three series. <laughs> yeah. They just... Well, there's also been... Part of the reason I feel like you never considered it before now is the renaissance of this genre only started in the last five or six years. Like, it's yeah. kind of dead for a while. 
Well, I mean, I discovered it when I ran And by five or six years, I mean, so it worked more out. than that. Yeah. But I mean, it's yeah. just like you picked a good time because now it's less. As you said, Leighton, Phoenix, right? This, they're all like growing in popularity. That, that, that fateful day at GameStop with the used Ace Attorney game yep. changed my life. And honestly, I feel a lot of it's because of the DS. I know Phoenix Race started on Game Boy Advance, but yeah, it really the, took off with the DS where you have the yeah, touch screen to I explore. Mean, that led to Ghost Trick, which led to 999, which yep. led to the spinoff, which led to Late, and I have Leighton Professor well. Leighton, which yep. I would have never ever touched if it wasn't for that crossover thing. Right, Leighton, Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, but now I'm getting all the games, so. Yeah. Yep. The way the cookie crumbled. So you're three for three with your recommendations. That's pretty. Yep. That's pretty good. Pretty good bang average. Yeah. So um, with that, I think that pretty much concludes all we have to discuss on today's uh, episode of the Random Tap Podcast. Which means, thank you, that it's time for the Wreck It Ralph T-shirt giveaway information. So what we're doing is we're giving away shirts from Comic Con for Wreck It Ralph. All you need to do, they say, the name of the movie. They have the giant Wreck It Ralph sprite on the front, like his face, and then it has the name of the movie and the release date and whatnot. So if you, if you want your shirt, all you need to do is leave a comment on episode 28 of the Round and Town podcast over at roundtown.com. Click the link that's labeled episode 28, Virtuous, Virtuous Rewards, and scroll down to the comment section. And like I said, leave a comment. Tell us what you thought of the podcast. Tell us if you agree or disagree with anything we discussed on the podcast. Or if you have seen Wreck-It Ralph already, let us know what you think of it. We're going to be checking it out in time for the next episode. We'll share our impressions then. And we'd love to incorporate your guys' impressions of the movie as well. So definitely leave impressions of the movie or impressions of the podcast or ideally both. This episode, get ready for a triple threat of Round Nintendo as we are going Wii U crazy. We're going to have three episodes. Uh, as normal, we'll be having one in two weeks on the uh, weekend of the Wii U launch. The Wii U comes out on November 18th. So what we're doing is we're going to do a bit of a final countdown episode. We're going to go, it'll either go live on Friday the 16th or Saturday the 17th. And it'll be, a, you know, the the last rush of Wii U news along with Paper Mario impressions. Sticker Star will be out by then. And Wreck-It Ralph impressions. So definitely stay tuned for that episode. Uh, and you can find out when exactly it will go live. We'll have two ways. Follow us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. Well, three ways, really. Follow us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. Subscribe to us on iTunes and it'll just automatically be downloaded for you. Or just keep checking RamNintendo.com. Uh, when it goes live... Jose and I will also tweet it from a personal account, so you make sure you don't miss it. I'm at JSR7. He's at Wero, W-E-I-R-O underscore O. So that's Wii U weekend. Then Thanksgiving weekend, the following weekend, on the 25th of November, expect a second episode, a special episode, where we're going to provide you with all our in-depth hands-on of the Wii U. But there's going to be a lot of it. Quite frankly, there's going to be way too much to cover in one week. So then we're back to our normal every two-week schedule with an episode on December 2nd. So there's two normal episodes and one bonus episode in between three solid weeks of Wii U goodies and gossip and potentially prizes. Who knows? So you're going to definitely have to stay tuned. It's definitely going to be one crazy Nintendo November. It's going to be the biggest Nintendo November in a number of years, and it's definitely one you don't want to miss. So stay tuned to Random Nintendo. Uh, Stay tuned to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave your comments on this very episode for your chance to win Wreck-It Ralph swag. And with that said... We will see you guys in two weeks. Yep.